You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Good morning. Happy weekend, everybody. We had a few technical difficulties or someone somebody said in, in the comments. Um, what did someone say? It was kind of funny. Um, oh, I lost the comment. Or somebody deleted it. Somebody said something like um, technical issues or satanic, uh, you know, agencies trying to ruin the show, you know, stuff like that. No, it has nothing. Yeah, we, we shadow ban ourselves. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's like there's not too many variables, but for some yeah. reason, things get knocked out of whack. It's whenever we try to change and like make things better, it just yeah. ends up making things much worse. So, right now, I don't even know where my sound is coming out of, but it, so- it sounds okay, right? It sounds very good. Yeah. And it sounds like it's coming from the mic. So, yeah, the camera looks good. The microphone sounds good. Yes, it's all good. All right, let's get the uh, let's get started. Okay, somebody somebody said no. Shortwave surfer said as long as you speak up, otherwise it's a little quiet. For me, it sounds good. So I don't know. I mean, I could raise my gain a little bit. How about that? Is that better? Oh, that's not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds a little better. All right, sweet. And now I'm sure people will be complaining that I'm too loud. <laughs> that's the other thing. If you're sounds... complaining, like, just honestly, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't have to watch the show. Really, really don't care. What we do is to get information. Out there. I get people that just like nitpick about the stupidest fucking things. It's really fucking annoying. Like, yeah, uh, you really, if it's, I don't know, if the sound levels aren't to your to your liking, I don't know what to tell you, man. Move on. Um, all right, let's let's move on to price report. Okay, before I say that, before we go on to price report, I actually want to say, I like the light, the, the purple light with the mural and the whole thing. It's really nice. Looks really good. Cool. Yeah? Okay. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer-to-peer. Hey, hey. Morning, man. How you guys doing? Good. Good. How are you? Good. Just partaking with the um, technical difficulties with you guys. <laughs> Although today I got all my shit worked out. Um, I should be good to go. All right. Fingers crossed. It's yeah. like a merry-go-round. It goes around. Like one of us has technical difficulties. It's, it's funny. I mean, the way you like, we try to fix something, it only makes it worse. And then after like much struggle and like head banging against the wall, you, you finally, it's probably like one little setting somewhere that mm-hmm. like, just one little thing that you forgot about, like something is unplugged or maybe a cable's bad and you're like, God, just that one thing. And then yeah. it gets better. Like, at, like you just keep improving, things get better and better, your automation gets better. But yeah, I mean, it feels like the more you work with technology, the more you realize that everything just barely fucking works. Like, yeah. <laughs> operating systems, code, software, everything just like barely works. Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah, I guess uh, we'll talk a little bit about price. Um so the ETFs launched. We have some some history behind us now. Um, 
I thought some of the ways that they named these ETFs were were hilarious. So for example, Valkyrie, they named their ETF Burr. That's so that's their Bitcoin ETF. Um, kind of funny. They launched the ETFs and um, basically, you know, price has fallen since the launch of all the ETFs. Um, let's go over some of these names. Um, okay, so there's like ten of them. I, there might be more than ten, but uh, so you've got the iShares Bitcoin Trust. iShares is like one of the primary people that do ETFs for like commodities and stuff. Um, they're called iBit. Uh, the Van Eck Bitcoin Trust is called HODL. Um, let's see. We we went over the Valkyrie Bitcoin Fund. That's BRRR. Burr. Yeah, you got to wonder, like, <laughs> they had to have been like, you know, these fucking finance bros after after work one day in the bar. There's like, what should we call this fund, man? I don't know. What about Burr? All the moon boys are always complaining about all the Burr, pr- the Burr money <laughs> that J-Pal prints. Um You've got Wisdom Tree Bitcoin. You've got uh, Bitwise ETF. Arc Twenty One shares Bitcoin, um, and supposedly these things have been doing a shitload of volume. So, um, if I am to believe Twitter, and I haven't gone and like uh, really verified it for myself, but um, apparently, like more volume has been done on this Bitcoin ETF than like any other ETF in the history of ETF releases. So that's interesting, especially since the price has been down. Um, Grayscale is trying to get their price normalized. They've been sharing off chunks of Bitcoin, trying to, um, you know, and that's actually like in hindsight, that's um, that's an interesting dynamic because we could have looked at that and we could have said, hey, there's still a 10% gap of the Bitcoin trust or the the GPTC Grayscale Bitcoin trust, and that's getting converted to an ETF. So they've got to, they have to normalize that price differential now. And the only way they can do that is by selling off Bitcoin, um, removing Bitcoin from that trust. So kind of in hindsight, you could have looked at that and said, yeah, that's going to be significant selling pressure right there. Maybe maybe that would, going forward, that could actually be a little bit of um, an instructive point for us. Once Grayscale normalizes their price um, to, like, they normalize the their ETF value um, to the actual Bitcoin that they're holding, um, maybe that would be a moment for pivot, right? Because right now things are kind of like slowly drifting down, basically. The charts don't look great. Um, but maybe once Grayscale normalizes, that could be like a pivot point where we could uh, see some resurgence. Just an idea. Um, I'll have to think about that some more later on later on this week. So um, <clears throat> the real the real story here today uh, is stocks, NASDAQ and S&P. So the NASDAQ has now made a nice big bounce well above its previous all-time high, which was here. Um, the, the white and green lines are global liquidity. So the white line is, uh, sorry, the green is U.S. liquidity. And then white is uh, global liquidity. So it includes the U.S. liquidity, but it also includes all of the M2SL, all the M2 money from all the other different uh, banks out there, and those banking balance sheets, plus everything that's going on with the macro money liquidity situation in the U.S. Um, and so you'll see, like, you know, that I, I this is something I hadn't looked at. I don't know why I just stopped looking at the global liquidity for some reason. But yeah, in the beginning of December, we just had a big bump. Um, things just jumped to the top side, which kind of makes sense because, you know, stocks, stocks bumped. I think that these things tend to play off of each other. So stocks pump, your the companies out there, the financial bros, they're more they have a higher valuation. Suddenly they can justify more um, uh, more borrowing, more lending, and again borrowing and lending is the way in which new money uh, comes into being. That's that's the the stork or J-Pow bringing more money to the world. Um, so then like okay, then then global liquidity pumps, and then you get the stock market pumps again. So um, yeah, I mean right now. The stock market is is the place to be, uh, even if we take a look at the um, the relative prices. So is this Bitcoin? This is Bitcoin. Uh, so this is Bitcoin relative to the Nasdaq. And um, yeah, I mean you'll notice like in terms of the pub lines that was kind of like a reasonable spot to expect um, 
to expect a little bit of topping action there. At some point in a, in a real bull market, this thing's going to break um, break to the upside here. These are like kind of very long-term standard deviation lines. So I would expect that things need to spend. So if things were going to break, I'm not saying it's going to go up right here. It, it could very well just come to the downside and then go to the upside. But at any rate, these standard deviation lines are going to be pretty strong. And there's going to need to be some some time spent here turning before it really, before Bitcoin really starts outperforming the NASDAQ. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't expect Bitcoin to be making significant massive gains um, that outperform NASDAQ for a period of time. Um, I guess we could look at the range here, 30% up, 30% down, right? So we're looking at 20 to 30% oscillation to the up and down side. But I wouldn't expect Bitcoin to like 2x outperform the NASDAQ here until until like a real big macro bull market starts again. Um, and, you know, I mean, people probably would want equivalent and say, well, we are starting a big new macro bull market. And OK, maybe we are. Probably we are. Almost certainly we are. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that price has to go up now. Right. Um, we don't that doesn't mean we'll get the hockey stick exponential move just quite yet. I mean, yes, we've had some exponential moves, but we're not looking at like it's not you know, it's not um, August of, of 2020 or anything like that or or December of 2020. Right. We haven't we haven't seen those kind of movements just quite yet. Um Let's see. This is uh this would be the total market cap uh, relative to the Nasdaq. So again, th don't worry about this Bitcoin thing up here. That that doesn't actually count what's um what's actually being shown here. In fact, what I could do is just, they moved the they moved the mute button or they moved you know actually we're not going to screw with that. But anyways, this right here is a script that I wrote that's like the total combined market cap of everything, and that's the that's the candles that we're looking at. Um, anyway, so this is total market cap relative to um to the Nasdaq, and it is also doing pretty well. Um. Along those same lines, like th this thing could have more, um, a little bit more. Like this chart looks slightly more optimistic to me in the short term than um, than the the Bitcoin versus Nasdaq chart. So, um, and on that theme, let's go take a look at the dominance, Bitcoin dominance. So, uh, Bitcoin dominance here, right? We we had that wedge kind of broke down, um, and then uh, right now, like there's just seems like it seems like it's holding out pretty good here. The Bitcoin dominance, um, probably the ETF is keeping it, you know, at the forefront in a lot of ways. Um, I think that's all on purpose, right? Like we don't have to hash that out again. Keeping the coin that you can't actually use very well and that every time people try to use just clogs up, keeping that at the forefront of the picture um, really, really keeps people away from from the idea of, of actually using it as money. Um, that's the power. That's the thing that has to be taken back. We don't need another store of value um, that goes on to reserve balance sheets and that's held for long periods of time by big companies but no one actually use like that doesn't give us freedom like uh, just because you can audit it <laughs> that doesn't do shit like it doesn't matter like that, that's oh we can audit it now okay whatever like you really think that the united states doesn't have eight tons of gold like i don't think they're i doubt that they're like seriously lying about that they might be lying about where it's stored it's probably not in fort knox but okay whatever yet i digress so bitcoin dominance here um yeah i mean fell out of the wedge seems to be hanging on this thing could go up, it could go down, it doesn't matter. I tend to think that down would be the direction here, slowly meandering down as altcoins um, start to play a little bit of catch-up. At some point, I feel like there's got to be a breaking story for for the Ethereum ETF. You know, like, all oh, these companies filed for the Ethereum ETF, um, and now the battle will begin again, right? They'll get Ethereum onto the, onto, um, into the macro... I don't know, into the, the traditional finance world. If that happens, like the moment that you see the, the Ethereum ETF like hitting the news headlines, that's where you can start to expect that um, altcoins could could begin there. Uh, a period of time where they outperform Bitcoin. 
So, I mean, this thing will go back and forth, right? Like at some point, if, you know, to convince the plebs that a new big um, macro move is back on, you know, a new all-time high, they'll have to push Bitcoin first um, to, to sort of convince everyone and then and then altcoins will follow. And you always, you have to remember like the fundamental factor behind that is that the thing they're going to make the most money off of is selling shit coins and degeneracy gambling to the plebs. Like Las Vegas is a massive city and I built, um, you know, my personal investment has built a lot of those casinos or some parts of those casinos, I'm sure. Um, and it's the same way with uh, with cryptocurrency. Like it's not Bitcoin that's the primary moneymaker um, for, um, you know, for these for these insiders, for the, the crypto cabal. And now also the, the financial pros, it's the altcoins, it's the shit coins, the things that they printed from nothing for free, um, the degeneracy that goes around. They like they make so much money on that. So um, like they have to keep Bitcoin doing good and they use it to sort of supplement the the altcoin game. So, um, yeah, anyways, that's I in my opinion, that's like kind of a fundamental backdrop of why altcoins basically always outperform um, in these big, big macro movements. So. Um, let's take a quick look at the rest of the macro. So, um, we had talked about the dollar index, uh, kind of showing some strength here, like it had bounced off that lower standard deviation. And, um, you know, that now maybe, uh, maybe we could see a little bit of move to the upside overall dollar is basically looking stable. Um, we'll be looking for the dollar to set up on a macro move to the upside or the downside at some point. And again, um, right now this is just consolidate, consolidating volatility. Um, we'll probably expect this to just sort of consolidate for a period of time, make some kind of setup, and then whichever direction that it's going to go, we'll probably take the opposite end of that, right? So if dollar's looking like it's about to break down, like it's going to want to come visit this, these lower, very long-term standard deviations, okay, that'll probably signal to us that um, it'll be one of many signals we're looking for that, um, you know, a big, another all-time high in crypto is coming. Um, summer is coming in that regard. And though gold, gold just, you know, kind of chilling here. Same thing. We like, again, we, we don't really, I mean, this thing, like sometimes it just makes these violent moves like it did um, at the end of last year in, in October where it just went down and then back up. Um, right now, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of sitting here doing nothing. And there's a there's probably like a part of the reason for gold to just sort of sit here and not do much is because they've already now pushed the NASDAQ to new all-time highs. And now the excitement, like the, the focus and the vision is going to be on NASDAQ and, and stocks um, and then some, to some extent cryptocurrencies. And so that that really does convince people out of gold. Like, why are you going to hold gold, which is just sitting here doing this shit, when you can be in the Nasdaq, which is putting on new all time highs? So um, that's always like a prominent thing that um, that happens. It's a sociological thing. So um, I would just expect that to continue. I at this moment, I wouldn't expect gold to break out. Um, at some point, you know, it's it's going to, but I just wouldn't expect that on the short term necessarily. So okay, uh, let's take a look at bonds. 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 Not much here to be excited about. The long end of the curve is uh, bumping up just a little bit. You'll notice that um, things are getting meandering on back towards that zero point. Um, so I was looking at this and I was wondering, okay, well, what happens if if the, the long end of the curve, like, okay, let's suppose that the long end of the curve comes to the top side um, up here, and then we get an overall uh, non-inverted yield curve, right? Like if that happens, um, has that happened before? And the answer is yes in 2008. Um, in 2008, that actually kind of happened back here. I'm not entirely sure necessarily with the signals because I just sort of noticed this, but you'll notice that the long end of the curve came in like outperformed. I shouldn't say outperformed because actually this means bonds are going down, but the long the, the interest rates on the long-term bonds came back to normalize right here um, to be above the short term, which is in yellow. And that's like that's what should that's what should happen. Interestingly enough, what you'll notice here is that on the NASDAQ, 
um, as that was happening, like the NASDAQ was kind of topping. What's also interesting is that it even technically made a slightly higher high um, just a few months later, even as bonds were crashing. So um, yeah, I mean, these are all patterns. Like we'll kind of be looking at this. Uh, it's, it's like, it's, it's so slow moving. It's just hard to, you know, it's, it's, it's like hard to watch. Cause you're like, did anything change? It's been a month. It's been two months. Nothing has changed. Um, but that's how shit surprises you. Like it'll be steady state. Nothing will happen. Something will like flash a warning signal at you and in a few days or a week. And if you're not paying attention, um, you'll miss an opportunity. So, um, unfortunately that's often just how opportunity is. It's just mostly sitting and waiting until something very clear emerges from the chaos and then you're like, nope, that's that's a signal. Let's let's take a move here. Um, and depending on like how you manage your stack and what you want to do, like that's a that's a strategy that some traders will use, right? You'll just be bored the entire time, and you'll only take trades every now and then when you feel like you have really high confidence. Otherwise, you're like, you'll be like, nope, I'm fine. I'll watch these opportunities pass me by. Um, it's not a big deal. I want to make sure that I'm winning. Um, I want to make sure that I don't take losses, right? The the Warren Buffett strategy of uh, of um, not, rule number one: don't lose money. So um, yeah, anyways, uh, we're kind of looking at this, uh, looking towards, looking from the past to see what might happen here. I don't know. Uh, that would be interesting if the yield curve normalizes right here. Um, and then if it normalizes and then nothing bad happens with the stock market and it stays normalized for months and months and months, we'll just say, all right, they probably like, I don't know, they they did something right to, to cover it. There's not a problem. Um, but at least for the time being that we have the reverse repos, um, which still have half a trillion dollars. We're going to probably say that nothing bad's going to happen as long as they've got reverse repos to rely on. So for the moment, we're not going to be looking for any major crashes in the near in the near future. Um, once these rever reverse repos start to get towards that zero point, um, we might start um, uh, getting a little suspicious or anxious or, or um, you know, opening up the possibility in our minds that that something new could be emerging. Um, Monero, I'm sorry that we never talked about Monero that much. What's there to talk about, guys? Only the technicals, the fundamentals, the usage all of the good people and the awesome things happening in the ecosystem. But price, you know, like there's just not much to talk about in price. Still, this is still falling volatility. Um, it's, I mean, we are like smack dab in the middle of these, um, <laughs> of the uh, of the moving average bands, the white bands here. Uh, the ones down here at the bottom, I don't know if y'all can see that. Um, the ones at the bottom are like the very, very, very longest term um, moving averages. But uh, the short term moving averages are in white right here. And we're basically smack dab right at the moving averages. So um, yeah, there's not much to talk about here. If crypto goes up, Monero probably will sort of go up. Uh, if crypto goes down, probably Monero will sort of go down, um, but mostly stay stable. So um, we had, uh, in terms of like Bitcoin um, versus Monero, we sort of, like we talked about last week, we sort of hit this this point right here, just above like the very, very long-term lower standard deviation, things bounced up. Um, on, the, on the longer term, I, I don't really, I really, I don't like this chart at all. Like from a wave magic standpoint, this is fucking horrible. Um, these bands are already curving down, like the standard deviations are curving down. Classically, what will happen is this will get to the standard deviation area here and then find another reason to go to the downside. So um, that's what the technicals would say on, on this chart. Um, sorry to, you know, sorry to, to bear bad news there, um, but that's just what the chart says. So got to tell you guys what the chart actually says. Um, things look somewhat similar for Monero versus Ethereum. Um, it's not quite as bad because the... These bands have only just barely started to curl under and, and hypothetically, technically, if Monero jumped up here and like established it, like established above those bands, that would actually be a very good sign in terms of the ratio relative to Ethereum. Um, but man, that's, you know, that that's a lot of ifs right there. I mean, maybe it's not a lot of ifs, but the one if uh, <laughs> jumping above that, above that band, like 
that is definitely a big if. Um, if we think that the crypto run here is not over, that we're going to get like a secondary peak, kind of like we did in 2021. I mean, so far, guys, this has looked exactly like the 2021 futures ETF releases. We had 15% on the day the ETF got released and then bleed out after that. Um, we're kind of in the bleed out phase or the, the consolidation phase, whatever you want to call it. Um, and right now, things would, yeah, I mean, with the stock market going up, um, with liquidity being in, like there's global liquidity, there's um, US liquidity. With that backdrop, you would say, yeah, it would make a lot of sense that we'll get another fucking, you know, DGEN pump on uh, on Bitcoin and, and altcoins. So with DGEN pumps uh, via leverage, right, via, via liquidity and leverage, they don't put that into Monero, they don't put it into gold, they put it into their degenerate shit coins, they move that leverage and they move that money into the places that's going to make them the most money. And they didn't get Monero for free, you know, so um, as we've talked about so many times. So eh, what it means is that if we think that's the macro backdrop and there's a, a reasonable likelihood of a secondary pump here on crypto markets, Monero's not gonna not gonna come here to the upside for Ethereum. Monero's not gonna reestablish itself in some you know big area here and then do that. Like what's gonna happen? Monero's gonna maybe get up here and then falter and then come down as uh, as they pump the markets, like at least in a relative fashion, right? Like Monero will be the side redheaded stepchild beneficiary of that liquidity, but it won't get anything like it won't get any directly from from the cabal. So um, yeah, again, that's just like the realities we're dealing with. Sorry to be. I hate to be so negative uh, regarding the the Monero's relative price, but I just gotta tell it to you guys the way I'm the way I'm seeing things. So um, I guess that's about it. There's there's really not much else to talk about here, uh, unless uh, any of you guys have questions. Let me check the YouTube comments. Out. What do you what do you think of uh, the Zcash drama? So with Zcash, uh, yeah, ending the knee, and it looks like they're gonna re remain being listed on Binance. Uh, Monero, I don't think will will have a similar fate, right? I think Monero is gonna be removed. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's it's funny how they're so willing to solve pwn. Like, oh look how compliant we are. Look how easy it is to uh to suck the regulator dick. Okay, it's guys. Y'all have fun with that. That the community is like behind it. I know I know some people aren't and uh, which I'd expect. I just thought I would just think a lot more people in Zcash wouldn't want to go down that road. So that's a bad precedent. Is there really a Zcash community? Is that the fabled Zcash community? Yes. I guess they exist. you guys on Twitter. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Every time I see positive Zcash comments, like they, they feel fake, they feel forced. And when I look at their profiles, rarely, uh, I'm just kind of like, eh, is this real? Like, is this a bot? I mean, the people associated with Zcash, like they're, they're they use bots. Like they're, they have no moral hangups against um, astroturfing support for their coin. I thought it was funny that um, Barry Silbert, uh, one of the Monero bros out there, I can't remember which one, sorry, bro. Um, but uh, they uh, they were like, Barry Silbert, did you delete all your pro Zcash tweets? Where did they go? I saw that. Uh, wait, I'm trying to bring it. Oh, man, now this is now this has changed. To... Yeah, that, that's great. Did, is that the case? Did he really delete all his? I mean, I didn't painstakingly go through all his tweets, and neither did I run a search, a Twitter search. I don't trust Twitter search anyways. Like, I've used it sometimes. You're like, yeah, this doesn't show. Sometimes it works. Usually it works pretty good. And other times you're like, eh, it's a funny. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at uh, Monero to uh, Zcash transaction count. And oh yeah, it's something we could pull up. Monero transaction count is stable, oscillating between twenty and twenty-five k. See if you can compare it to uh, Zcash. Is it Glass Node? I think it's Glass Node. Cash ZEC. We should be able to see them both. What do you use for? Um... Oh, they do have Zcash here. Of course, I forgot. Um, 
don't believe that hockey stick down there. That's that's probably just some artifact of the way they print the chart. Um, yeah, it looks like they're... Let's go to a longer time frame. Huh. Three years. Yeah, so it looks like... I thought Zcash transactions were lower than this. I mean, at a minimum, like, their transactions are falling. So if they're down to 3,000 transactions per day, that means that they're their hidden transactions or their shielded transactions are far lower. I mean, this is pretty bad. Like they're down, they're down to the same levels that they were consistently at. Hell, they're even lower than they were back in 2018, 2019. Like who uses Zcash? Like who in their right mind, like they don't have any dark web support. So all the, all the druggies out there going to the dark webs, they're not hearing about Zcash. They're hearing about Monero. Like their suppliers are like, please use Monero. Um, you know, the websites, the, the so the new Silk Roads out there, they're like, please use Monero. It's a better, you know, it's just better to use for this use case particularly. Yeah, so it's hard to believe that their their shielded mounts are doing anything better. And plus, you have to realize a lot of these transaction counts. Um, I think these are were inflated partially by the by that attacker. I don't know if he's still out there attacking, but it was like it didn't cost him much. It was just like ten bucks a day or something to flood the flood their network. All right. Yeah, I don't know if else has questions. Oh yeah, back to the YouTube. Darrow. People are asking, how about Darrow? <laughs> Um, no, I mean, man. I don't want to get locked into an anti-Darrow position. I just feel like releasing bulletproofs before the math audit was complete is not, like, that's bad juju. Like, you're not supposed to do that. That that speaks directly to their to their competency or their, to their decision-making. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've heard them kind of come back and say, well, you know, this and that. Like, I, I remember Seth did kind of a long write-up on it, and I don't remember everything about it. I just, it's been too long. I haven't looked into it. I mean, I guess, like, bro, if, if, if there's going to be degeneracy and there's money to be made, I can't fault you for it. All I can say is just, um, you know, make sure that you've got a big, strong stash of Monero that you use regularly. Um, personally, I, I would I would much, much rather see um, DarkFi and or Xano come into prominence. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, I don't have much more to say on that. I don't want to start talking out my ass. There's, like, other things, too, that Darrow did that were questionable, but they... I, I've also heard some counter positions that it's like, okay... Like, so, so for example, okay, um, the... They had their their code was not open source for the first year, and there would have been no way to tell if they had printed extra coins. That is apparently not the case anymore. They they did open their code. You can audit the chain in a similar fashion that you could audit Monero um, to to see that they didn't like secretly print any coins uh, for the first year. That was like wow, that's you know closed source software guys for a privacy coin. Well, like it's just hard no. Um, but they open that up. But there's still like other things as well. So um, it has like a broader amount of support from the TDV guys, like from the from the Berwick guys, the Anarchapoco, uh, from the Anarchapoco guys. So maybe maybe there's something to be had there. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I saw people like tweeting that they think the same people that started Monero started Darrow. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think so, guys. I'm not seeing any evidence of that. Yeah, like. You could, it's easy to say that, but like, what, what, why would you think that? It's a nice rumor to start, but there's like, yeah, no evidence of it, and and why? So I don't know. Nothing against Darrow, like, right? Yeah, we're not, we're not here to ra- wage war against them, but just, just be, you know, realistic about it, guys. I mean, Darrow does not look like it's participating in any of the. Um, I mean, it's down. Like, it's from from the top in 2021, it fell all the way through October last year. And now it's almost basically at that same point. It's still almost, it's 90% down from the top. Like this, in a a world where we had the kind of leverage and the kind of liquidity and pumps that we've had over the past year, in the past 12 months, you would not expect a coin like Darrow to still be at its local lows or very, very close to its local lows from the top. It should, 
it, it should at least be hanging out somewhere around here or somewhere around here, like, but it's not. So you have to ask yourself, why is it not? Is there some kind of central holder that's continually selling coins onto the market, trying to maximize their value, right? Each pump, you get some mega pump and then it slowly bleeds out. You get some mega pump and then it slowly bleeds out. Maybe that's not a mega pump. Let's take a look. That's eh, 130, 130% over 2x. Um, this is the same kind of shit you see on charts like like Ripple. When you have large centralized supply holders and you get these occasional, you know, green dildos to the upside and then you take the stairs down and everyone thinks, oh, at every single point you've got new liquidity entrance into this market saying, oh, look how much it's fallen. It pumped. It's setting up here. It's consolidating, getting ready to pump to the, nope, it cr you know, gets crushed again. That's like such a common tactic that that's used by like it's it's the same chart over and over again when you have central holders. Um, even Zcash, you know, let's look at even Zcash has like similar dynamics that happen. Um, yeah, I mean you'll notice Zcash is eh, that's not the full chart. I don't want to be I don't want to be accused of doing what people do to Bitcoin uh, to Monero, uh, especially the Monero versus Bitcoin chart. Yeah, I mean look at this Zcash is it's at all time lows. Like why? Well, maybe it's that twenty percent founders reward that could have something to do with it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's the same thing. I I'll just be careful, you know, like, uh, maybe you can, maybe you'll hit, uh, you know, hit the double green hit zero or zero, zero on the roulette wheel. It happens sometimes like, but just know that it's, it's, it's gambling, right? You're gambling getting into Darrow unless you have some kind of like insider information. Um, or like you just have some further penetrating insight into the Darrow markets as they relate to crypto, um, that the rest of the bros don't see. And that I particularly have not been looking at and might not be able to see myself. Like if you have some really good insight, sure. Go for Darrow, like maybe you'll have an opportunity there, but like I just wouldn't, given its current dynamics, I don't see a reason to think that that should necessarily turn around. Um, and like, just why? There's so many other coins that are performing. Like there's so many other coins that have hope and promise and hype and, and visibility and everything. Like if Monero is ignored because of its privacy features, like <laughs> what's Darrow going to be? Like, are they are they going to add Darrow all of a sudden? Is everyone going to love Darrow? And if they are adding Darrow to the exchanges, like what does that what does that tell you? Like that might not be the best sign. In fact, that it that it actually performs what it's supposed to do. So, I mean, for all these reasons, like it just I mean, I'm just like painting a picture here. The sort of like stream of consciousness at the moment. Like this is my thoughts on Darrow. Like if you ask me about it in the moment, um, I'm just not confident that I would that I wouldn't bet money on it unless I had some special insight, which I don't. So if you do, you know, good luck to you. Yeah, I mean, and price aside, I mean, is it actively being worked on or is it like one death? I mean, I know that this guy is alleging that the Monero, the people that that created the crypto note white paper, which we, we know is not the case, like, or the early Monero devs created Darrow, not the case. Um, but is there anybody even developing on Darrow or is it just like one dude that's... Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I really don't know what their development ecosystem looks like. Maybe I just don't, else get, just don't get the, uh, you know, the excitement. I mean, obviously I get it. It's people that hold Darrow bags that are trying to pump. Just, you know, for, for our community, people that are listening, that are interested, just be really careful. I don't. I don't see anything that really. I don't know. Makes it interesting. I mean, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm willing to be proven wrong. Is there some kind of like vibrant development going on? Are there really smart people working on Darrow that are putting that that are creating something interesting? Uh, I just. I just don't see that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Someone here is asking thoughts on Mimblewimble. Seems it just went quiet. Um, I think Mimblewimble is relatively mature in in terms of like the goal of what they wanted to achieve. Um. A few years, maybe it's two years ago now, I read a paper that that said that um, it was broken, that it can basically be totally unwound. Um, just because one person came out and published a paper on ARXIV, um, ARXIV, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's broken, but I mean, there is someone out there that seems to 
know something about math and, <laughs> and cryptography that says that they think it's broken. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Litecoin implemented it, and um, you know that was like their big claim to fame for a while, um, other than just being a, a carbon copy of Bitcoin with a slightly different mining algorithm. Um, I I don't know, like it personally, I wouldn't want to see any technology developed with Mimblewimble because it's like it might not be strong privacy, it might have problems, and it might be able to be unwound. So you're going to get the worst of all worlds. You might not have good privacy, and then you might end up getting delisted, right? You might end up um, getting called a privacy coin if you're like, hey, look at our Mimblewimble. Uh, it's kind of funny in a way that Litecoin has not been delisted. It's not, you know, being subject to those to those problems. Um, but I mean, as, as we've seen, again, the pattern here is like, we're going to delist all the privacy coins. These have privacy enhancing features. You've got to get rid of the coins. Oh, okay, we're going to delist them all. And then later, well, actually, we, you know what? We kind of made a mistake. Um, looks like Zcash, like they have these transparent addresses. Uh, you know, maybe we don't need to delist Zcash. Oh, you know, and Litecoin also, like Mimblewimble is opt-in. You don't have to use it. It's just like coins join on Bitcoin. We don't we don't ban Bitcoin. Well, okay, relist everything except for Monero, which they don't. They leave that last part out, right? That's the silent part. Um, I think Mimblewimble is mostly just marketing advertising. If you want strong privacy, use full membership proofs. Use like use a Zcash construction uh, or the Zcash NARS construction now, which does not require the trusted setup. Or if you do a trusted setup, take in like take in like a thousand points of uh, of entropy over the course of a month or two, like they did when they launched Tornado Cash. Or use Ring Signature. Use a strong, well-known technology that that works. Um, or and and make it default, or just don't implement it at all. Like. It just seems more like a marketing tactic. That's my yeah. yeah. Talking about Mimblewimble for sure, and you know, network effect. It's a it's a real thing, right? Like you you keep coming up with new fangled tech, uh, new ideas that do things in different ways that maybe quote unquote provide more privacy. Um, but is anybody using it? Like, where's the network effect? That's that's a big part in this, right? So it's yeah. always good. So all right, man. Fantastic as always, uh, and we will keep moving on. Uh, stay on board if you can. I see Neon is asking, "Where is the guest link?" We post the guest link during the viewers on stage segment, so we'll get this. Usually happens at the end of the show. Well, I got to bounce out. I um, I'm gonna head down to uh, the Greater Reset here uh, later today. I'm already late, so just oh. waiting on them to fix my car. Who runs that? That's Derek Bros. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool, very cool. Where's uh, it's in Moralia, Mexico, which is like halfway in between, um, say, Mexico City and Puerto Vallarta, central Mexico. Awesome. Beautiful area. It's just like a couple of days or how, how long does that go on for? Uh, it's been going like it's they started on Wednesday. I believe it was Wednesday and they're going until Sunday uh, oh. or tomorrow, may, maybe Monday. Um, and then we might go camping or something up in the mountains. Very cool, man. Very cool. It's awesome. Man. Have a good time. Enjoy it. Thanks. Enjoy yeah, it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. All right, man. All right, buddy. Bye. Have a good week. Bye. All right. You want to run the news? Yeah, we can start. And then if he hops on, yeah, then we'll... Right. Let's run the news, and then we'll go back to the guests. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's run the news segment. And now for our weekly news segment. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the news hey. segment. <laughs> no camera today, huh? Not today, no. All right. Uh, what are you still in your pajamas over there or something? Oh, it's a good No, I'm still no, I'm still I'm still getting um getting stuff on my apartment, so it kinda looks messy. Yeah. So right. I want it to look nice. All right. Okay. Let me look on the stream to make sure it looks good. And it does. Okay. So first thing, six years of cake. Thank you all, Vic said, for making cake a massive success over the last six years. If you're interested in reading my notes on the six year journey, you can do so on 
on the Reddit. Here's the six years and hopefully a lot, lot more. Uh, Kekwala wrote, it wasn't easy, but with her help, we made storing, sending, and exchanging crypto safely a piece of cake. <laughs> um, Kekwala is really an amazing app. And um, one of the best features is the gift cards. And it's really, really cool that they added the, the prepaid uh, Visa cards. So you can get that as well. You can get gift cards for any store you'd like. If you want specifically for Nike, for Adidas, I think, from uh, Chipotle, whatever you'd like. Uh, overall, it's an amazing app. I've been using it for, I think, two years or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I think I might be the the oldest standing user. I, I have to be one of the first, uh, <laughs> you know, other than, than the Cake team itself. We did a Spaces the other day with Vic. Awesome. Uh, which is great to kind of celebrate the six years that we're talking about it. Um, yeah, well, one of the, the stories is uh, when, when Cake first launched, because they were the first iOS Monero wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was actually waiting for another one to launch. I think it was, I guess it was my Monero. Everybody had their eye on and they thought they were going to release the first iOS wallet. Mm-hmm. And then Cake actually came out of nowhere. Uh, wasn't on the radar. They hadn't posted anything saying we're working on working on things. Um, just, you know, Vic in the background uh, built built this with, the, you know, with his devs. And then when it was ready, he put it out there. And everybody was like kind of blown away. Like, whoa, what is this? Uh, a Monero iOS wallet. And mm-hmm. I was one of the first people to reach out to Vic because in his post he had mentioned that he's from New York City or there was, there was some some reason I knew he was from around here. And so I reached out and uh, we started DMing and I met up with him for a beer in, in Soho. Hmm. And the rest is history. Um, my, my thinking that was like, all right, I got to meet up with this guy before I, before I start, you know, trusting it and putting my money on it. I'm just going to go old school and meet, meet, meet up with the guy. Uh, I'm not, I'm not tech savvy enough to understand if it was developed well. So I'm like, let me go, let me go shake this guy's hand and see if I trust him. Uh, and yeah, I certainly do. And Vic has, uh, has shown to be very trustworthy in the community and has given so much to the community in addition yeah. to cake wallet itself. And all the features he's added through Cake throughout the years and listening to user feedback. He's just give, done a lot for the Monero ecosystem itself. Uh, donate, always the first to donate to things and to support people. So tremendous, tremendous thank you to Cake. And it's kind of, I don't know, uh, slightly depressing to know that it's been six years. <laughs> like, holy shit, time flies. It does. Yeah. Remember like, like when crypto was like, crypto's not new anymore, guys, right? Like crypto's like old. It's kind of... Like like the young kids are like they're they're up and cut like crypto is is old now. I don't know. It must sound so weird to say 2024, 2024. Like we're closer to twenty thirty almost now. It's whatever. Um, yeah, but um, Vic is amazing. And um, also what I like about Cake Wild is just the UI design. Like it's a beautiful design. The colors, uh, the simplicity of it. It's not that complicated. It's user friendly, so he really, really thought about the app when when he made it, and it keeps getting better and better and and better. So yeah, it's kind of funny too. Like the branding of Cake is like friendly and happy and positive, yes. which is good, right? And then you yeah. have like you know a lot of things in Monero. It's like like uh, you know, anarchy, yeah, anarchy, cipher, which which I totally appreciate. Yeah. Um, but like Cake is like more cypherpunk than anyone because he's actually. He's actually doing it and like getting users and getting people to use it and in portraying things in a positive light, right? Like Monero, it's it's just it's just money, it's just cash. Exactly. Yes, you go on dark markets and use it for those purposes, but you could just use it for your 
Yeah, it looks and it just looks looks welcoming as an app. Right. Um, I set it up to people that are not techy at all, like at all, at all, at all. They can't even send money around any like Monero and stuff. And they found they find Cape Wallet to not be that complicated, and they like it. Moving on, moving on. Next sixty years, six hundred years, six thousand. <laughs> um, somebody said in the YouTube section, Enrico Durso has a dev segment been skipped lately. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna bring it back. Actually, yeah. somebody coming on next week to do it. Uh, awesome. We love the dev dev segment. We will be bringing it back, and we might be adding another like monthly segment. On, on different things as well. Yeah, I've been trying to get someone for that. I'm still looking. Uh, that'll be, should we, men- I, I know we should have mentioned it. I, I, have you mentioned it before publishing? Yeah, we actually might as well mention it. Um, well, I know Alaska yeah. Anon has some ideas as well. This and, week, well. And, but yeah, and just in general, we're looking to do, if not weekly, maybe a monthly kind of report on doings in the, in the dark market, right? With regards to Monero would be cool. Uh, so, so anybody that's really has their ear to the ground with that regard, that watches things over there, that wants to come on the show, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to show your face. Um, you can disguise your voice if you want, if you want to sound all ominous and whatnot in cypherpunk. Uh, <laughs> you can also come and show your face, right? I don't, I don't think that there's anything illegal about going on and viewing the dark market uh, or the, you know, the dark net. And uh, we want to do kind of like a monthly segment on that, get a report on what's going on, um, see how Monero is growing there and different ways it's it's being used, where adoption's happening, and all the all the interesting things that it's being used for there. So that, that's that's what we're trying to do. So if anybody is interested in being that person, please. Mm-hmm. Additionally, I think it'll be so so interesting if we had guests that um, you know, you know necessitate Monero to do certain activities on dark net markets. And you know, obviously, no, you know, no camera, and then they can use a Batman voice modulator, whatever they want to, you know, to disguise their um, their identity. But I think it will be really, really, really interesting just to get to know why they are using Monero, why they think you know Monero useful versus other ones. I'll be interesting. So, yep. Okay. Um, so this is this is interesting. The Irish government wants to pass a law that could see your you or your loved ones jailed for possession of memes, cartoons, or any content that could be deemed hateful. Um, and then she last wrote, coming soon, selling memes, cartoons, and West Coast gangster rap songs to Ireland on dark net markets for Monero. Um, let's watch this video. So one minute. Yep, sound. Yeah, there you go. Oh, no. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I don't hear her talking. I don't hear her sound. Tony. Yeah. I don't hear her sound. Do you? Oh, oh. It sh- should be able to, because I set it to... That should have worked. Ah! Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. Jack, we can build it. Oh, okay. How about now? Can you hear now? The Irish government is proposing a law known as the hate speech... Oh, besi- uh, before that, there are 38 people watching this video through YouTube and just 14 likes. Enrico Dursa said, guys, if you're watching, like it. Like, share, subscribe. Yeah, we got have, have 48 people like and share. Uh, this is pretty good, man. We consistently have like 50 live viewers on YouTube, and then we have people watching it elsewhere. Yeah, the only way this grows is if people like and share, so go ahead and do it. Please do. Phil, that threat needs free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. Next month, next month. And then this law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. Please support us. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex, 
and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons, or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www.freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action. Jesus. Yeah, can you imagine, like, they found memes of, for example, against the government or the president of Ireland or, you know, anything that they deem to be hateful, and then you can go to jail, actually be jailed. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the ultimate form of uh, censorship, right? Yes. So re- really scary stuff, guys. And if it happens there, then you'll start to see it happen in other places. Um, but yeah, this is why we Monero. Uh, Fox Code um, said in the YouTube section, how do they know I have it in the phone? Well, I mean, maybe, I mean, they, they don't, but, you know, for some reason, maybe if they go to you on the streets and say, oh, I mean, that'll be highly unlikely, but I don't know, they could, they could find that. The point is it's, it's going to have a chilling effect, right? Because right. most people want, don't want to do illegal things. Uh, so if they create laws like this, it's just going to have a chilling effect on society where they're going to be, uh, you know, apprehensive and they're going to not, not be as willing to, you know, post things and memes that they think might get them in, you know, that are, are controversial. And those are the, often the, the, that's the type of speech that we need the most, right? It's the mm-hmm. speech that is controversial. Those are the messages that you need to get out to the public forums for the public to decide whether or not these are good ideas or bad. So very, very dangerous, very dangerous idea to just move in that direction, start to censor things in those ways. Very dangerous. And actually, folks, think about it this way. What if it's going to be incentivized for people to report you? I've seen someone on the bus looking up memes and they seem to be hateful because blah, blah, blah. And then, I mean, you, we will not probably know, not know that you've been reported. And all of a sudden, you know, so there's so many things. Plus, plus what Doug said. I mean, it's just... It's... I can't believe there's actually a bill for that. I mean, that yeah. is... Yeah. Ireland, what is going on over there? Anybody that, that lives there that has more details on that, please jump up on the viewers on stage. I'd love to uh, get some local input on what's going on there. That sounds absurd. Like, how, how, could, how could it have gotten to that point where these citizens have elected people that are, that are willing to move their country in that direction? That's hmm. terrifying. And anything can, anything can be hateful. Anything. You, you may not think that it's hateful, but it's, yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about... Uh, um... Michael Saylor and the Bitcoin community. So Sefer Privacy wrote, are we in it for freedom money or purely fiat number go up? We'll never in a million years understand why people simp after Saylor when he stands against everything that Bitcoin was created to be. Ridiculous that he headlines all the major conferences throughout the year and says and says things like this. Stop talking about regulatory arbitrage, censorship, resistance, privacy, and tax evasions. These are all bad ideas. We hate that. People with billions of dollars they don't want to invest in crypto networks that support anarchists, Sato explained. Um, anything that advertises privacy and freedom for go- from government uh, theft becomes a direct enemy of the FBI, Interpol, and every law enforcement agency on the planet. So then what is the point of Bitcoin? Just to adhere to regulations and obviously, you know, fiat number go up. It's definitely not about freedom if it's if you don't, you know, um, focus on censorship resistance privacy and not bending the knee to any organization in the world michael saylor has been like uh, like one of the worst things for for crypto i mean he's just out there um just destroying what the meme of bitcoin is supposed to be uh, it's he's turned it into not even digital gold i, I say this all the time i think he, he's he's pushing it towards digital property which is really what it what it is mm-hmm. 
non-fungible digital property. He's even talked about it in those terms, kind of like owning a piece of Manhattan. And what is that? When you when you own a piece of property, everybody knows you own it, right? That's right. It's out there. It's public knowledge. Um, the whole world knows you own it. The whole world knows when you transact it and sell it to somebody else. Um, this is Sailor's vision of Bitcoin. It's not about censorship resistance. It's not about peer-to-peer, untraceable digital cash. It's about digital property um, that's on a ledger for the whole world to see. And he thinks that's, I don't know, that's, I get that, that's good for, for, for people that want to, want to store their wealth in this, in this digital thing. Um, you know, we, we talk about it all the time on the show. I mean, at the end of the day, then the, what even gives it its, its base utility? Why, why does it even have value in the first place? Exactly. Yeah. So what, what's, what, what makes it so special? The fact that it's the first, I mean, yeah, the, we had, you know, for example, um, we had the first cars and first planes and whatever, and that's, that's cool but we have stuff that are way better now than the first car that we invented 100 years ago or the first planes so i mean it's people make it people turn it into a holy thing that it's the bitcoin blockchain and it's so special and it's the first uh first crypto effect which you know which is true i mean being first does, does help and it has a big name and everybody knows bitcoin but it's time to move on there's nothing special it doesn't work as money which is the most important thing so then what is the point of it it's not censorship resistance doesn't offer your privacy. Doesn't really work as a currency. A lot of people in the Bitcoin community they don't agree with the 21 million uh, cap of coins. Plus, what is going to happen to the miners eventually when they're just going to rely on fees? How is the network going to sustain itself? You know. Yeah, I mean, what Sailor's really saying too, to, right? If Bitcoin is going to the moon, we're going to need a lot of deep pockets to climb on board. People with billions of dollars don't want to invest in crypto networks that support anarchists. So, uh, you know, he, he's laying it out right there, right? So if if you want the number to go up, this is the direction we need to be. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is the problem with Bitcoin. They're yeah. designing towards number go up instead of towards being peer-to-peer digital cash. Yep. All right, keep it moving. Let's keep it moving with more stuff from uh, Seth for Privacy. This one um, is about him being called Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is just crazy. So this guy T-Dev is just, he's a disaster. He's <laughs> he's kind of like, 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 respect for samurai wallet and what they've done creating privacy tech for bitcoin but this dude tdev is just horrible for the space i mean here he is he's calling for the lynching of seth for privacy obviously i you know he, he loves being extreme right like i was saying before right like so so cake wallet is all like cheery and you know butterflies and and cake samurai wallet's really badass in fact it's <laughs> rough he's like the most badass dude in the world uh, yeah, I guarantee if you met this guy, he's like, he's just like such a little bitch. I mean, so here he is attacking, attacking Seth for privacy because Seth pointed out that the implementation of BTC, uh, arrow atomic swaps that they're using may be, uh, made, isn't, isn't the, isn't the most recent implementation. And it's the one that will effectively allow it to be seen that Bitcoin is being swapped into Monero, um, right? Like, so chain analysis companies will, will will be able to see that. And so Seth is just just pointing this out. He's not saying you know don't use it. He's just just pointing pointing out a you know how how the tech actually works and what the implications are. And uh, T Dev calls for. Bitcoin. Also, his lynching because because of this, which it, it you know is it's just 
respect lost, right? I mean, so if if their tech is as good as 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 they claim, they should have no problem talking about it out in the open, and they shouldn't be calling for the lynching of people that are just questioning it and bringing up points about it. I'm just really surprised because like their their whole thing is like being against BTC maxis, and they've created their own kind of group of maximalism. Um, the T Dev Mac. I don't. I don't even know what it is. I can't really even describe it. It's just whatever he says is correct. Uh, he wants to control the narrative. He doesn't want people, you know, uh, talk talking about his technology in in an open way and having debates about it. He flipped out on me because we had um, Nopara on our show, the creator of Sabi Wallet. You know, Wasabi's competitors with with Samurai. Um, and because of that, now he refuses to engage with me. He won't come mm. on. Well, he doesn't go on podcasts anyway, but he's he doesn't want Samurai to to participate in anything we do or whatnot because we had a guest on the show mm. from a competing company that they don't like. Like that just that just shows that just screams of insecurity to me, right? Like, what 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 are you afraid of? You know, you're, you're working on a technology. Let's come and talk about it. We can talk about the pros and the cons. We can compare it to your competition. Uh, but if you're trying to shut down anybody that's like talking about your tech in an open way, or if you're trying to shut down anybody that has that that associates with people that are your competitors, and now you don't want to like associate with them, I mean, that's like I don't, I don't know. That's that's the ultimate form of cancel culture. It's like right. antithetical to being a cypherpunk. Like you're you're not you're just a punk. <laughs> That's funny. That was a good one. Um, and especially like if you're against censorship, then how about be be the one to allow other people to talk even even if you don't agree. And as long as it's a respectful exchange, then just let the other person talk. For example, we wanted Zalka on the show multiple times. Just you know, just because maybe we don't agree on certain stuff, we can still discuss or at Monerotopia, anybody's welcome. And there are people, Bitcoin people, Zcash people, everybody. As long as you communicate. And we're all on the same path and we get along. That's yeah. not, there's going to be competition always, but be respectful and always. Um, yeah, door, door, even, you know, doors open, you know, especially samurai people. I'm so excited they, they're doing the, the Bitcoin to Monero atomic swaps and they're yes. very excited for them. But like, like, let's talk about it. And just yeah. because you're doing it doesn't mean we all have to say, okay, bow, bow our heads to you and be like, this is, this is, this is amazing. This is perfect. We're allowed to question it. And we're allowed, you know, we're, we're going to do that. They're, they're going to lose users. They're going to lose customers um, because like uh, Rice Hiller was saying, it screams scam to me. This is this is how people are going to view it, especially not even with the me, right? I, I had Wasabi on there. All right, sure. I'm just a podcast guy. Say what you want. Yeah. Okay. But when you attack Seth for privacy, extremely intelligent, diplomatic dude who's been v- nothing but like honest and 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 straightforward in this space and very balanced in how he approaches things if you attack him for making comments on your tech you're you're gonna lose a ton of credibility mm-hmm. and especially when Seth for privacy comments on something it's not just to comment he's actually giving you constructive good yeah. criticism that if you take and your product is gonna, going to be better because that's all he cares about and that's what the community wants. People saying it's it's all about marketing. Uh, yeah, I don't understand that marketing approach. I get they have like their little army of people that are <laughs> in their cult, but I don't see how that tent is going to grow beyond that small army because there's only so many people that are going to go along with that because most people are smart enough to to not want to be part of a cult. 
And that's why Gigwallet has a lot of success. No drama, easy to use, you know, still gives you the, the, the freedom that Monero does, you know, all, all this stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Vic would never call for the lynching of anybody <laughs> that has that, on his technology. No. Plus, you actually have some level of responsibility if you're part of a team uh, to, you know, be careful with the stuff that you say on the internet because people will find that. But anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Stripe. So Stripe is trying to blackmail someone for selling Bitcoin mining hardware. So Rob said on Twitter, the platforming freedom technology is now what the world needs. Stripe doesn't realize it is on the wrong side of history. Please retweet like for uh, visibility. Stripe support said, Hey Rob, thanks for waiting while we looked into this. Looking at your website, it appears you're selling mining hardware. Could you confirm if this is something you'd be willing to remove from your website? At present, mining hardware is against our terms of service and so is unsupportable. (laughs) And then a fluffy pony tweeted back, if only there were some alternative form of payment you could accept for mining hardware. Maybe something that doesn't require centralized third party to accept payments. I know this is crazy talk and it'll never exist, but just, just imagine such a world. Wink, wink. And then somebody said, reply back, um, Nero fixes that, you can deplatform selling CPUs, 100%. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Stripe, and then we talked about um, PayPal censoring. Just because you you, tweet, you tweeted something that might be regarded as hateful, then you'll be... They will subtract, I think, $2,300 or something from your account per hateful comment or whatever you, you wrote. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So if you made two, that's like $4,600. And I think it's still being implemented. I think at some point they had it implemented and they they um, they um took it off and then they put it back on. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but Fluffy's point is like, why are they even using this system? Exactly. You know, to, you know, using Monero to, to sell their, their mining equipment or, or Bitcoin. Yep. Awesome. Um, yeah, keep moving. Keep moving. Well, uh, let's talk about um, JP Morgan, Jamie Diamond calling Bitcoin uh, a pet rock. This is, yeah. So let's watch this video. Also, what happened to the guest? Is he still here? Is, is he waiting or? Uh, I think he is back. Yep. He's back. Do you want to finish the new section and then go to, uh, back to the guest or do you want to? Yeah, might as well. Let's, let's, let's run through it. Let's get through the news and we'll bring him okay. up. Okay. So we can go faster through the other ones. Oh, this one's not loading. Let's try to refresh. There we go. That I know. I know you. You find sort of laborious at yeah. this point. Uh, <laughs> a good, which, good word. Which is Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, this ETF was approved yeah. uh, just about a week ago now, yeah. and I think a lot of people are trying to understand what it ultimately means. Yeah. Uh, J.P. Morgan. I imagine uh, if you were a client of J.P. Morgan, you could call your broker and say, uh, "Get get get me some of this ETF." Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you telling? What did you tell your brokers to tell them back when they make that call? Yeah. So this is an important thing. I would, this is the last time I've ever talked about this in CNBC. Okay? <laughs> so help me God. <laughs> Blockchain is real. It's a technology. We use it. It's going to move money. It's going to move data. It's efficient. We've been talking about that for twelve years too, and it's very small. Okay. So I think we've wasted too many words in that. Cryptocurrencies. There are two types. There's a cryptocurrency which might actually do something. Think of a cryptocurrency as an embedded smart contract in it. And then we can use it buy and sell real estate to move data. That may have value. The idea of tokenizing. Tokenizing things that, that you do something with. And then there's one which does nothing. I call it the pet rock, the Bitcoin or something like that. And so on the Bitcoin, you know, there's, first of all, and I'm, I'm not trying to make a joke here. There are use cases, AML, fraud, anti-money laundering, tax avoidance, sex trafficking. Those are real use cases. And you see it being used for hundreds, maybe 50, 100 billion dollars a year for that. That is the end use case. Everything else is people train among themselves. So, speculate. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, my last statement 
the last time I ever talked about Bitcoin is I defend your right to do Bitcoin. I think, you know, it's okay. okay. I don't want to tell you what to do. So my personal advice would be don't get involved, but I don't want to tell any one of you what to do. It's a free country. What do you make? So of, what do you make of that's Black, why. What do you make of the other firms, the Black Rocks of the world that that obviously, and, and Larry Fink changed his view of this, obviously, yeah. and maybe he changed his view because you think he genuinely believes in Bitcoin or genu- or believed it because he thinks that there's a marketplace for it and he wants to be part of that market. But what do you think of the? And there's a, about a dozen big financial companies, Fidelity no, included. No, number one, I don't care. So just please stop talking about this shit. And <laughs> and I don't know what he would say about blockchain versus currencies that do something versus Bitcoin that does nothing. And maybe that not different than me. But you know, this is what makes a market. People have opinions. I, this is the last time I'm ever going to state my opinion. Uh, he's you know, not to a topic that I know. I not wrong. Right? <laughs> no, he's not wrong. Uh, he's saying Bitcoin's only use case is that of a pet rock. Uh, actually, no, it does have some. Well, he, he's wrong one way, right? So he's saying it, it does have some utility, and that's for purposes of you know using it on the dark market or paying ransoms. Um, but it's it's not even it's not good it's not even good it's being used for those purposes but it's not good for those purposes that it, it's being used less and less for those purposes because people are realizing it, it doesn't function well as digital cash so it doesn't even have that utility that that's where he actually is wrong so it's it's more akin to pet rock uh, than anything else he's actually giving it more credit than than it deserves I would say at this point yeah those are good points. Uh, Ramsey wrote on YouTube. That rock can, can somehow sustain itself for forever and continue to be number go up as people just blindly decide to to all agree that this thing has value for forever, even though it has no base utility. Somebody wrote, "Bitcoin does do something, Jamie. It obsolates you." <laughs> no, I don't think it does. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about. Um, yeah, let's get into some some Trump news. So. These, are, these ones are pretty promising. Um, President Trump just made a new promise in New Hampshire tonight, and I have full confidence he will keep keep it. Tonight, Trump said, I'm also making another promise to protect Americans from government tyranny. As your president, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. Such a currency will give the federal government absolute control over your money. This will be a dangerous threat to freedom, and it will stop it from coming to America. We are also put, going to put in place strong protections to stop banks and regulators from trying to debank you for your political beliefs. That will never happen while I am your president. Promising to see. Uh, a little troubling that it took Trump so long to get there. He's been a little bit slow on the whole crypto thing uh, and the CBDC thing, right? Ron DeSantis was like the first one got really strong against CBDCs. I think we saw RFK Jr. is against it. Obviously, Ramaswamy was against it. So now it looks like Ramaswamy has... has dropped out of the race he's now teaming up with trump and it looks like he's whispering in his ear and trump is actually listening to him which is that's encouraging right so if trump is going to be our next president uh it's nice to know that it looks like we'll have ramaswamy there by his side whether he's the vp or something else in his cabinet um he will be informing him on crypto on cbdc's and who knows maybe even something like monero and digital cash right so I've been trying to get Ramaswamy's attention. I would love to hear his full take on, dig- on digital, the digital cash use case for crypto. I've heard him say things that seem to very much align with being supportive of it and believing that you know we need we need a cash replacement for the internet. 
Uh, so maybe this is our pathway towards that. Ramaswamy whispering in the ear of of Trump, but Trump doesn't 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 arrive at these things on his own. It just it just kind of proves that you know tr- Trump is there to to please the people. He see he sees the liberty thing working. He sees it working with uh, how successful Malay is, is now, right? And uh, he sees Malay trending on the internet. So he's like, let me do some of that. Let me do some of that base Malay. Uh, anarcho-libertarianism talk um but it's good it's good that w- whether he's doing it just to pander to the people doesn't matter the fact is he is doing and he's helping to spread the meme and spread these ideas can't wait to talk about Millet actually and we're going to talk about it in a little bit um because last week we were wondering what what is he doing at wef conference what is he going to talk about and his talk was really interesting so we're going to get into it in a little bit um but let's talk about Tom Emmer. So Representative Tom Emmer agreed with former President Donald Trump's view of central bank digital currencies as a threat to financial privacy. And essentially what this article is saying is that he would like to, to work with, uh, with Trump. Tom Emmer would love to work with Trump to fight against the expanding government surveillance state. And yep. uh, always- the forefront of that, always out there against CBDCs and always speaking positively about digital cash. But it seems like the Zcash people have gotten to him. For some reason, Monero people aren't able to, including myself. I've tried. I've spoken to his office. So I find that a little sus. Like, he's willing to talk to Zcash-related people. Um, hasn't hasn't been willing to talk to the, the, the Monero people or, or bring... I don't think he's mentioned Monero by name. Um, hmm. So I don't know what that's all about. Can you imagine if we got Millet to come to the conference? In Argentina, obviously that that, that is the goal. That is That's the, goal. the dream. That would be amazing. Oh my god, that would be so cool. We got like for that and how we might pay attention, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure he's a busy guy. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we should say you know next Monerotopia conference will be in Buenos Aires. It'll be in Argentina, and, and we now know that it's going to be in December. It's going mm-hmm. to be the first weekend in December alongside La Decaf. Mm, okay. God, if you can imagine if, if Millet actually came to the conference, we would need we would have thousands, tens of thousands of people hopefully coming. Yeah, sure. we're gonna do it in a way where it's gonna be obviously open for for locals to attend, basically for like a nominal price or very cheap, or there'll be sections we'll be able to. It's gonna be built in a way we did like we did the last Monerotopia in Mexico City, uh, with the marketplace open to the public. So that's gonna allow anybody to kind of like integrate into the conference and come and learn about Monero. We should rent the space next to the governmental building. Passes by. Hey, what is what's that? Why there are so many people there? <laughs> it was like, Millet, come talk. <laughs> oh, That'll be awesome. Let's talk about um, a tweet from Jim uh, Jim Jordan. We now we now know the federal government flagged terms like um, MAGA and Trump to financial institutions if America's completed transactions using those terms. What was also flagged if you bought a religious text like a bible or shopped at best bro shop that's that's interesting yeah scary stuff guys like here we are here we are uh, talking about ireland and how how they're ready to make certain uh, memes illegal uh we got the same thing going on in this country a different form of it mm-hmm. once again this is why we monero so we can preserve our our liberty and uh, our free speech in the digital age because we can't rely on on governments to preserve it for us and if that wasn't scary enough, that's going to pretty scary and concerning stuff. So the WEF just confirmed a global CBDC. They admit they will track what you eat, your travels, who you speak to, and everything else you do in life. But of course, they're doing this to save us from 
the climate emerges. So let's watch this, uh, this video. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Uh, I'm waiting for like Malay to just come like crashing through the, the background. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's so, hmm, I don't even know what word to use. To be able to, to utter those words, but just like, and just, just so confidently and so without worry. Like, yeah, we're going to track what you eat, your travels, who you speak to, everything else you do in life and all the stuff in order to protect you. I bet, th does this guy even have kids or family? That's what I wonder, you know? Because your daughter, your, your your son is going to live for that. I don't think he's going to have an option to opt out. Or maybe he would. Maybe. Something. Yeah, I mean, these people are so short-sighted and uh, so selfish to want to push the world in this direction. I think I know what the fix is. So what do we need to do? We're going to go to WEF. We need to put some uh, ayahuasca in their uh, beverages. Make them drink it. <laughs> Have some spiritual awakening, and I think we're, we're gonna be better well, off really soon. Ayahuasca has on demons, though. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I have what is it gonna turn worse? <laughs> this is just coming in their, in their ability to to control people. Yeah. All right, keep moving. Oh, we're gonna watch Milay in a little bit. Um, let me just mention a couple of stuff about the digital euro, and then we're gonna switch to to Milay. Then we have um three more stuff. All right, faster. Um, the EU is about to outlaw and restrict some of the most prized features in crypto. So the EU is taking aim at private coins and self-custody wallets under a new anti-money laundering regime. It's not about anti-money laundering. It's about you not owning anything at all, your money or your house or anything. They, they don't want you to own anything. This is the whole point. Restricting self-custody wallet payments, increasing the tracking of crypto transfers, banning privacy coins. It's, this is what basically this whole article is about. Um, yeah, so that's what they're working on and that's what is coming. And then... That, I mean, I was just kind of distracted for a moment. That's uh, that's big news, right? So they're, they're, we've talk, been talking about it on the show for a long time. Uh, they're looking to clamp down on, on privacy coins, on privacy tech, and, and, just, and just the ability to use crypto the way it's meant to be used, peer-to-peer, where you you know host your own host your own wallet, um, so we we know it's been coming down the pipe. It looks like they're inching closer towards that. And they don't care about terrorism. They don't care about war. They're funding those stuff anyway. The whole yeah, it's it's such a um, such a shit show. Um, they just don't want you to own anything. And they said these are three critical changes European European Union lawmakers are expected to make this week as they complete a three year process of updating the blocks rules on money laundering and terrorist organization funding in the financial sector. And you can yeah, see how we don't want to maybe this week get somebody on on from uh you know from the European scene that's part of part of the uh the legislature over there that come on and talk about it. Because mm -hmm. I mean that's just tremendous news if if that actually happens. Tremendous news. And then let's talk about um, this. So the prohib prohibition of cash payments over 10,000 euro and prohibition of anonymous cash payments over 3,000 euro. So this is definitely a war on cash that is happening in, in Europe and everywhere in, in the world right now. Wait, scroll up. Who's who's tweeting that? That was... Uh, Patrick uh, Breyer? Yes, this is the guy I'm trying to... Yeah, this is oh. the guy on the show. That'd be awesome. 
that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can get this going. Heart party, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Belgium. Yeah, that would be interesting. Unfortunately, he's very much the minority over there in in, in the parliament, but uh, at least he's trying. And guys, if you want to get any, anybody's attention, just message them and let them know that, you know, maybe we should interview them or get get us um, the attention yeah. to yeah, reach out. Yeah, you're, you're, people are always welcome to be on the show, to, on this show as well as a special guest. If you ever want to come on, talk about some project you're working on that's mm-hmm. digital cash, uh, freedom tech related, shout Minerotopia, protonmail.com. Always let us know. If you want to come on the show or if you want us to talk to someone, let us know. Yeah, we got, we got uh, over 50 viewers now. Guys, like and share. 44 on YouTube and seven likes. Got a lot more to do. Awesome. South Padre Tony. Hey, man. Hey. Nice. Okay. Now let's go to Milay. Let's go to Milay's speech. Well, this one is 22 minutes and I'm not going to. I'm going to play a section out of it, actually. Um, yeah, um, it's like 20 minutes long. I recommend everybody, if you haven't at some point, give this a listen. Share with your friends and family. I'm sending it to everybody in my family, and let, let me—they're not—they—they definitely don't uh, lean as far anarcho-capitalist as I do. Uh, but he, Millet, does a great job here at summarizing the problems with socialism. So it's—it's it's just a great, great thing to to share with friends and fam to get the information out there. Somebody said I'm going to play a, a clip, um, but somebody said I'm from Argentina, and I'm sorry to see this guy is our president. I'm embarrassed, but he will be gone soon. This is a lot. And 22 comments. This is a bot? Oh, no. That's interesting. Okay. So yeah, 22 comments. Brainwash people out there, man. And for Argentina, too. We're very proud of our president. He was elected with 56% of the vote. We all support him. Oh, yeah, I don't know. This video has gotten, I think, significantly uh, more views than uh, when Trump went and spoke at the WEF. And Trump's video has been on for years now. Wow. And- has already far surpassed it. That's incredible. So um, people like what he's saying. Uh, let's let's watch forty-seven seconds. Of- yeah, I think this is a good one because I think it's uh, it used AI to to translate, so we could hear him speaking. Yeah, he's English and his own voice still. Yeah. is amazing. Yeah, that's where it said he said, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody said that actually. Um, you need to speak in English, and this doesn't matter the translation. I heard. Oh no! Yeah. All right. But I guess like maybe still a couple of wars. Yeah, so, you know. Live for a bit, just beginning. Yeah. Neo-Marxists have managed to co-opt the common sense of the Western world. They achieved this through the appropriation of the media, culture, universities, and yes, even international organization. The final case is very serious as it involves institutions with huge influence on the political and economic decisions of the countries in these multilateral organizations. Fortunately, more of us dare to raise our voices as we see that if we don't confront these ideas head on, the only possible destiny is more state, more regulation, more socialism, more poverty, less freedom, and consequently, a worse quality of life. He just sounds too good to be true. And can you, ma- can you imagine being on stage at WEF? Most of the people that go there probably don't care about the human population. They actually want to enslave it. And this guy hops on stage and says all this stuff, they probably want to assassinate him as soon as he steps out the, off the stage. Um, yeah, I mean, people are saying, like, why did they even let him speak? Exactly. Yes. Obviously, you still have a lot of people out there saying that he's, like, controlled opposition. Otherwise, why would they let him do this? I mean, my take is 
all right, if it's controlled opposition, then they're, they're really taking a great risk here. And then so be it, because the end result is he's spreading these ideas further than they've ever been spread. Um, and so we got to we got to applaud that it's making progress. The networker said on YouTube, his lips matched his AI generated words, scary accuracy. Yeah, it's really and it's using his own voice as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying because you know, just think of what they can do, right? Uh, you're gonna see you're gonna see videos, very convincing videos of of world leaders, celebrities, whatever, saying things that they're not actually saying. It's gonna be it's gonna be scary, guys. They can make make one of you. I love their I love Zcash, this Monero thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, people, I, that's that's a fake right away. Yeah, you'll know. Um, but yeah, but you should definitely watch the whole speech uh, if you have a chance. It's a really good um, speech by Millet. Um Let's talk about this real quick and then one more thing and then we'll go to the guest who has been uh, patiently waiting. Multiple U.S. Senate bills object to CBDC's definition of money. Basically, bills against referring to a CBDC as money have been filed in the in the states of Utah, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Tennessee. These, these uh, The bills would exclude a CBDC from the definition of money and could create a significant roadblocks to a CBDC in the United States. So that is good news. And then the last thing, so we talked about Germany and uh, truckers and farmers protesting. This actually happened in Romania. Um, I actually didn't see the news, but I've seen it on Instagram of my friends and they were, they were probably, uh, posting on the stories. And um, I just kept seeing a lot of trucks and, and farmers. And then I was like, it's not happening in my own country as well. And then I started looking into it and, and it is. So Romanian truckers and farmers are uh, protesting against the government and same stuff um, that they're not doing. They want lower taxes, higher subsidies, and they just want demands that they were not giving them. And the Romanian government is um, not helping farmers. Um, of course, they're trying to get rid of them as well. And I'm happy that the protests are going on in my own country as well. And people are stepping up. So People are rising up. People are rising up. Um, yeah, so that was the section. Uh, Kuno fundraisers for them. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Let me see if I can actually play this uh, little bit of this video. Let's see if, what they shot. Local credit unions and community. Okay. Um, yeah, but a lot of trucks, basically. Um, yeah, you can see more of that, and hopefully that will start to happen, right? Monero being used uh, for fundraisers for funding political movements around the world that are freedom oriented. Uh, hoping maybe twenty twenty four is is the year we we see more of that. Somebody said going to see a video of Doug selling all his Monero for Bitcoin coming soon. If you see that, that's a fake. <laughs> that's a fake. All right, that's the news. So let's move on to guests. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by CakeWallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange of Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. CakeWallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Hey, Prancing. We got you this time? Hey, yeah. All right, thanks for hanging with us. Sorry about that. Thank you for watching it going. Yeah, it was great. So what's going on, man? I actually don't know much about you. You reached out. You wanted to come on the show. You had some some uh, some thoughts to share. I think related to uh, how privacy communities can better communicate and organize in a safer, more uh, resistant way, right? Right, right. You know, I I am really new to the uh, to the crypto community. Uh, I, I'd say you know, less than eight months. So, you know, over the summer of last year, I started looking at it and, and I started, you know, and okay, even before that, you know, I've been in this sort of discovery mode, this sort of quest for truth. 
I think a lot of us are going through that right now. And, and, and so I've been going down a lot of the rabbit holes and, you know, some of it's not related to crypto and, and that and whatnot. But, um, one of the things that, that struck me, uh, when I started with, when I found your Monero talk show was, uh, and, and I saw some of the, so some of the other, uh, sites that you use to, you know, sort of piece the whole thing together was you're, even though you're, you're, you're working, you're, you're supporting Monero, which is on a blockchain. You're not using the blockchain to, uh, to secure your own communication. So you're, you're using platforms like YouTube and, you know, the, you know, and I've heard Alaska. Uh, that is how, uh, that is how you discovered us. Right. I mean, I agree with you. We'll, we'll, we'll get more into it. And, uh, I think there's things that can be done, but also, what we try to do here is be the public-facing side, right? The tip of the iceberg, right? Monero, most of Monero is is under is underwater, uh, but we're, we're we're the tip, the public-facing tip, so that people can discover us. We have the public Telegram chat. Is it is it encrypted chat? No, it's 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 a public forum, so we're not there. We don't care if um, right. it's not private or whatnot, right? And then yeah. YouTube, right? Fact is, a lot of the, the world is on YouTube. We also then we 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 put our our shows out. We simultaneously uh, post them on a lot of alternative uh, media sites, including um, Library uh, and a bunch you know a bunch of bunch of others. But uh, that that's why we we do that so that people can come and discover us. Right. And so so what I was suggesting was uh, you know. I don't know if 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 you caught some of the some of the lead up to this is uh, you know I I've been using a uh, social a new social networking platform called Bastion. Now yeah. it's it you know like a lot of uh, uh, things that are new, uh, it doesn't have this wide audience, so it's not your the proper place for the sort of outreach you're doing here. Mm-hmm. However, it's a good backup to your like your Monero Town. Uh, forums type thing. It, it may not replace all the functionality in Monero Town, but it's a good sort of uh, backup. Like when they hit the internet kill switch and and DNS is not working, yeah, uh, I've got some feedback. Yeah, you can you can uh, you know code your IP addresses in your host file and things, but you know most people aren't going to do that. They're not going to do that with every single site they go to. So. Uh, you know, to have a, a place that, you know, that is going to be resistant to that, you know, Bastion is on the blockchain. It's there forever. It doesn't ask for a phone number or an email address. It's completely anonymous, just like starting a Monero wallet, you know, like you're going to get a, you're going to get a seat free, you know, you're going to get a seat freeze and, and that's, that's your way back in. And, you know, if you lose that, you're done. What would you say it's on the blockchain? What What is it built on top of? It's built on top of a a uh, they call it a PK coin. I don't know the I don't know the the details, but uh, B A S T A. I'll put it in the in the chat here. But why why Bastion? Why not something else? Why not um, Session? Are you familiar with Session? Or uh, you know, no. there's a lot of different things out there. No, uh, I didn't know. You know, this may be. Uh, you know, this may be. Redundant. No, some of the things that you've already super stored. popular right now, built on 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 Bitcoin. Um, why why that? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm too new to the community to to have all that background that you may have. Uh, I don't know all the other uh, secure, you know, the the all the other blockchain uh, methods that you already know. So I, I I'm I'm just enthusiastic to be here and to and to try to help the community and and in any way that I can. So uh, yeah, no. Uh, okay. Good, good thoughts. So how, how did you, how'd you even find your way to Monero then? What was, uh, what was kind of your path there? Well, uh, you just recently came on, uh, one of Mike Adams, uh, decentralized TV shows. Oh, okay. And I've been listening to Jeff Berwick for, uh, you know, almost a year now. And, and so, I mean, these are the two guys that really have, you know, talked up Monero and, and I bought my first Monero in September of last year. Okay. And, and, uh, and, and I've made, uh, several more, uh, you know, uh, several more purchases. Um, you know, I can't find my, uh, I, I seem to have lost my seed phrase. So that, that, that may be a problem, but other than that, um, you know, Monero seems, uh, quite interesting, uh, you know, and, and I, I support the idea of Monero, the, the digital cash, fungible, private, and, and and just its contribution to liberty for all human beings on the planet. Fantastic to hear. I mean, um, what do, what do you think of it? Like, are, are you into other cryptos too, or is it is it Monero that's really kind of no, holding you? No, I mean, if it's not privacy crypto, it's not worth uh, bothering with. You know, I mean, a Bitcoin is is uh, you know with a with a visible blockchain, it's uh, it's I I have no use for it. You know, I mean. Uh, you know, e- even the transaction fees are high. So if I'm, if I'm going to come into a to to a coin to swap for Monero, I'm I'm coming in with something with less transaction fees, right? You know, so I, I have no use for Bitcoin. Plus, you got to remember, you know, I've been watching the precious metals uh, markets as well, and you know, the precious metals have been uh, trading on the comics for years, and th- those are all. Derivative-based trades are all GLD and SLV, and you know anything that's on an ETF is being highly manipulated by the you know the cabal, uh, you know. So anything that's on an ETF is you, you just have to get away from it as far away from it as you can, and and to and now that Bitcoin is on an ETF. Uh, that whole chart that that he showed earlier uh, uh, with the Bitcoin versus XMR, it's it's just it's not even uh, worth looking at anymore because that it's going to be tainted by this uh, influence of the cabal. So you know what what we really need is a as a measure of of our performance is you know how how many vendors are accepting Monero. You know uh, I want to spend Monero. Everywhere I go, I don't want to. I don't want to go through a credit card that uses U.S. dollars. You know, at, at, I mean, as it stands, I have an open issue with CakePay because they they won't refund my money, and you know, so I, I'm I'm not at a conclusion there. So I don't want to, you know, trash CakePay just yet. But you know, what what happened? I I bought a Visa card. Uh, the Visa card didn't work anywhere I tried to use it. I tried to settle it with the, you know, as you know, if you bought the, if you buy a Visa card using CakePay, 
what CakePay does is they take your Monero and they and and I guess they fund they they forward the money to a third party mm-hmm. who then issues the card and you go through this you know process of you know plugging in your information. It's uh it's it's very you know KYC oriented. So I plugged in all that. And then I tried to use the card. It can't use the card anywhere. Hmm. Uh, and and I went back to them and I tried to resolve it. And CakePay says, "Oh, you've got to go to the card issuer." And the card issuer says, "Oh, you've got to go to your, you know, that they're all pointing fingers back and forth." So I can't get a refund. So yeah, I won't deal with anything related to CakePay until this is resolved. Okay, okay, we got to get that cleared up for you. I usually have Tux on the show, and he's he's with Cake now. He could. Uh help you out with that yeah i mean i may have made a mistake along the way but you know regardless uh you know i can prove i sent the money the monero you know i'm not you know i can also prove or, or they can prove that i'm not using the money you know that i haven't accessed the card and not and the card's been declined you know and that you know that's easily provable so you know what's the problem you just you, you get a you know, if if you can, you know, if you can find a way to take my money and not not do it. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know how a business stays in business uh, if, you know, they need repeat business. Right. And but anyway, I mean, heard that issue of uh, cake pay people buying cards and they're not working. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, uh, you know, I would I would suggest. Do you have do you have Twitter reaching out to them on Twitter, DMing them? Uh, that might be your best way. Um, and like I said, we I caught have- somebody on Monero Town that that seemed to want to help another person, and I reached out to him to, with a DM in in uh, in the Monero Town forum. Um, I haven't. Uh, I really don't use Twitter or. Okay, well, you got a whole room on Monero Town, so yeah, maybe yeah. Should figure figure that out with you. I mean, at the end of the day, that the real goal is to use Monero natively, right? And to to spend it on people at places that actually accept Monero natively. Absolutely, and no KYC. You know, you I mean, you know, you, you, going through the visa is is uh, is kind of defeats the purpose as well of Monero because you're back to KYC and you're back to you know tracking, you know uh, the the surveillance grid basically yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So the goal is, yeah, to, is to use it peer-to-peer uh we're launching xmr bazaar soon with with the hope that that becomes the place that people use it for there's also monero market that exists right now uh there's monerica that is a great resource for showing all the different places that currently accept monero um so there there is quite a lot you can do right now with it but yeah, I mean the the the, the gift cards is a, is a nice bridge, temporary bridge that we can use for those that are really trying to completely live off of off of Monero. Uh, sometimes you know they have to buy a gift card to, I don't know, to purchase something on Amazon or whatever it may be, just so they can uh, get everything they need for their for their daily living. But the end goal is that uh, we won't need these gift cards. In the- well, you know, I've asked them just to. You know, take the Visa balance, uh, the MasterCard balance, and just move it over to a gift card, which would be, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about the details of that to be able to tell you what to do. I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't work for Cake. I don't know, uh, but I know they they always are very accommodating to anybody that's having issues. So, 
if you get in touch with the right people, I'm sure they will solve it for you. Well, hopefully, you know, one of them is looking here. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go on and trash them. You know, give them a, you know, the, the people up front usually don't have the ability to, you know, offer creative solutions. So, you know, I want to give a chance for the company to, you know, learn of my uh, problem and and try and resolve it. I mean, the people up front were not helpful. So, uh, you know, they, they need they need they definitely need to improve in that area because the people up front are just pointing fingers at each other. And, um, you know, that it's I'm just left uh, holding the bag, you know, uh, you know, sorry, you know, you're out your money. You know, that, that's the way I feel at the you, moment. You, we'll, we'll get you in touch with the right person. Uh, I don't know what else to say there. How much, how big of a credit card thing did you buy? A uh, hundred bucks. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know why it's not where that doesn't, that doesn't really add up. Maybe you're doing, you must be doing something wrong. So they'll, they'll teach yeah. you. Yeah. And you know, if, if, if I'm doing something wrong, I, I, I should still be able to get my hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, you shouldn't penalize me my money because I did something wrong. Anybody's trying to penalize you. It's just, uh, you got to get in touch with the right, the right, the right people. Right. Uh, all right, Matt, let's, let's bring viewers on stage. You have anything else you want to bring up? I, th- I thought you wanted to talk more like, uh, about the, you know, you were just going to come up here and, and, uh, <laughs> issue a, a complaint, which is fine, but that'd be more of a viewers on stage thing. I thought we were going to have, uh, so, so Bastion, I tried to give you, uh, I wanted to give a demo for Bastion, show the thing, but I, I had a problem with StreamYard, so I can't show you the app. I I, I can't, uh, you know, share it. Uh, I tried to do the present. I could try it, and if it, if it breaks on me, I'll be at the end of my uh, presentation anyway. So let me, let me try and do that. You want to try that? What do you got? No, let's let's move on to viewers on stage, uh, Tony. If you want to move on to viewers on stage, and then Prancy, you can sit here and participate in in the combo. Um, but I want I, I don't want to do something in a way where people won't be able to really uh, see what's going on. So I'd rather uh, stick with that. Tony, you want to go ahead and uh, roll viewers on stage? Yep, let's go ahead. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. News topics. Come on down. Come on down. All right. All right. Let's add my last time on. Hello. How's my sound? The wind isn't cutting anything, is it? No, you sound perfect. It's not good. Okay, good. Last Oh, it's, uh, yeah, the weather seems a little different today. I don't, um, I don't know if you can tell, but I was also worried about the water oh, nice. being noisy, but. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds nice. It's still fine. It sounds yeah. relaxing. To Anybody honest. who says Alaska isn't gorgeous. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> so. Everybody, the weather is called the Alaska's bliss. Um, yeah, just to keep them know. away. I don't know. Do you know this, uh, this app that prancing's talking about so it's one of those situations where the more the better right and the more redundant your systems are the better but then you run into this contradiction where you know how much time can each community invest in making themselves available and present on every platform um now i i have actually heard of bastion um and I do know that it's built on some kind of blockchain, and I believe it's portable. Like, you could actually use a lot of the code to 
add it to other blockchains that would be able to carry it. Um, but that's as far as I've gotten. It's definitely, it's definitely worth looking into. Um, I know that you have a small crew, Doug, of people who are pretty technically proficient that could definitely, you know, check the numbers, check the code, make sure that it looks legit, of course. Um, and it's the more options outside of the, uh, of the traditional systems, the easier it is to keep them honest, too. Uh, a lot of these main main line i mean there's there's kind of a reason why x has come back from its from its twitter days right because there were so many different people who had so many different problems with twitter um and this rebranding as fake as i think it actually probably is has worked really well at revitalizing and i think because of all of the alternatives there was the real threat of losing the uh the minds of the public, right? But I'll quit ranting. Let's see what everybody else says before I start doing my preachy thing. People are asking for the link. I just put it up there. So Neon, if you want to jump up, and anybody else that wants to jump up, slave block. It looks like we have slave blockers here again. Um, we got everybody up here at the stage. Yep. Sweet and God. if you can, if you can help, uh, I've put up a bounty for uh, Manarujo. Because we need IPv6 support in Monarujo, so I've put up a bounty for it, and it's currently got 0.1 Monero. So if you can donate to it, please. Very cool, very cool. You could you could share that and show it right now if you want. Uh, I can get the link for you, but I'm not gonna try to do that presentation crap. Okay, you know where. Send, send the uh, send the bounty link to me on session, please. Sure. Um, and it's on Monero. I posted it on the Monero Town yesterday, so it's definitely up there. Yeah, if you post it in the chat, we could we could show it. Tony could put it up. Prancing, so so are you using is is Cake the the app that you're using for for all for your Monero for sending receiving, or do you use other apps as well? Prancing, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Um, so I I haven't uh you know successfully purchased anything with Monero. This was my first attempt to. Oh. You know, purchase something with Monero, and I feel, it was feel bad, man. Do you want to? Do you do you have your cake wallet? If you if you want to do a uh, receive and, and show it in the screen, I'll I'll send you a tip. I can't I can't I can't make you whole with your hundred dollars, but I'll happily send you a tip just to kind of give you a a, a better experience. There, uh, a link uh, is in the I, private chat. Got it. Okay, thanks, man. I'll have to. I I don't have that available right now. I I I can, right, well, uh, you could uh you could email me and email me your Monero address, and I'll happily uh, send you a tip. Sent to which you know, the one, it's kind of an interesting point to be made here, and I think uh, myself. I know I also think I heard we have uh, Vic is chiming in. So CEO, look, look at this. This is what Vic is good. He's he's just jumped on. He's saying, "What's with the hundred dollars?" Uh, Vic, we're not exactly sure what happened. I think he he tried to buy a was it a visa? It was a Visa card. It was a Mastercard. It was a Mastercard. Uh, he paid. Yeah. Hundred dollars in Monero, and he's saying it's it's not working. It's not working anywhere. So I don't really know, you know, where it's going wrong. But Vic, where can we direct him to so he can get this resolved? Vic is in the is in the comments right now. And Prancing, that is the that is the CEO of Cake. That's the that's the big man in charge. <laughs> so you you talked about getting to the right person. If if he can't help you, nobody. Can. Vic is asking well, if you reach out. Or you said you on Monero Town. Did you did you talk did you talk to support directly? For I think I I think I talked to him on Monero Town. I think he knows of this uh, transaction. Uh, uh, let me look at my Monero Town um, 
really quick. Okay. In the meantime, so, what, we're going to talk to other people here and just uh, talk about kind of views yeah. and whatever things of the day. Uh, Slave Blocker, anything you want to bring up? Hello, good day. What about the mic? Pretty good. A lot better than last time. Yeah, good, good, great. good. You sound better I wanted I wanted to rephrase my um, gratitude towards Co and um, my admiration for the devs. And yeah, so last time the mic was bad, so I wanted to say that. Couldn't agree with you more, man. Co has has done treme- tremendous things. Uh, what what has you thinking about that right now? Why why are you thinking about about Co? Um, no, because uh, without him, I wouldn't be able to do the translation. And for all the people on IRC giving always the answers to to my questions. Um, furthermore, um, yeah, K- Katie Young, uh, if it wouldn't be for her, uh, the Bulletproofs chapter would uh, still be in uh, workings. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that, put it out there. Everything I say comes with a grain of salt. I'm just a hobbyist. And so... Thanks so much for being here, uh, letting me be here again. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, remind us again, what, what translation are you working on right now? Uh, no, currently I'm not. I was working on this um, direct IP call system that I share the link now, and I send an email to Laskanon. Uh, I don't don't know if you received it. Um, yeah, uh, so, so it's the way I talk with my mom and with my wife in Bulgaria. And uh, my mom in Portugal, my wife in Bulgaria. So I developed it myself. Uh, one image uh, will speak for a thousand words. I shared the link there. Uh, it's on GitHub. So perhaps you want to put it on, on full screen uh, or I don't uh, if um, Vic is coming up. I don't know. Yeah, you could share You could share the link in the comments. Maybe Tony can get it up. Yeah. Alaska Adon, any, anything you want to bring up this week that's on your mind? Oh, man, there's always something, right? But one of the things that I wanted to point out from like a waging war perspective, because I always like to think of terms of war, that's my nature, right? Is, uh, you know, we have a pretty good front as far as what you do, Doug, getting the word out and all that stuff. Um, You know, you've been able to get the word out to some larger uh, internet personalities like uh, Health Ranger brought this gentleman into the fold. But now this is where, uh, I don't know if you remember the Michael Tenner interview where he was saying that there's a, uh, a major shortfall when it comes to the usability of Monero. Um, and when people who are outsiders coming in, it's, we're so used to the technology that we just fail to understand that they don't know where to go to buy things. And that's why I love the Monerica element, right? And they're, they're learning how to use the app, but a lot of these people, you know, they, they barely know how to use the other apps or whatever. Um, and it, there's no like one place to go to try to wrap their heads around it can be, um, can be an issue. And this is one of the places where, uh, traditionally speaking, like if you're waging war on a foreign country's government and you wanted to work on like hearts and minds sort of deal, what you would do is you would have ambassadors. You would have people trying to step by step show people how to use um, what you're attempting to get them to use. And, and during the process, kind of continuing the marketing process of why it's, uh, why it's beneficial. And I think a lot of people who find out about Monero on the internet, 
um, there's not anyone standing there to kind of hold their hand as they venture off into a brand new technology. Um, and then when it's time to, for example, go and buy a coffee, it's like, well, I can't use it natively. So now I need to use the supporting structure. And then if I want to use the supporting structure, I have to be. And so it's layer upon layer upon layer of complexity, which is fine if that's how you get there. However, it's not fine if there's no one to make sure that as they graduate from one layer to another, um, and what is it, Escuela, Bitcoin, or uh, I forget, um, the guy that we just had on uh, the last, yeah, you know, he takes the time to teach layer one, layer two with Bitcoin. He takes the time to teach them like all, all of these steps. That ambassador level um, is something that is sorely missing. I've got a bird throwing shit at me up there. <laughs> but uh, So those listening, becoming an ambassador for teaching people how to use XMR for the first time and teaching them what each step in the process represents, like who's doing each step. Um, and then finding, if, um, you know, like we were talking about with XMR Bazaar, how important it is gonna, to have people in the beta trying every different thing it's the same with our real world examples of training people how to use xmr we need to figure out where the weak link is and we need to apply our efforts at every level to fixing the weak links of onboarding people for xmr right it's because we've got the tech side pretty wrapped up i think you're moving the ball down the field pretty fast as far as the marketing it um, it's the onboarding and the usability for people who are not tech savvy is still very lacking. Um, so that's my two cents on that. Prancing, any, any thoughts there? Cause I mean, you, you literally just kind of went through this experience yourself. Are there things that you wish existed in Monero that would help you with onboarding and understanding? I mean, other than this issue you're having, we have Vic on, I'm sure he'll, he'll chime in soon. But I just want to get your your, your kind of thoughts um, as as a newbie. Are there are there things that you wish were a little bit different in terms of usability in Monero? Well, I I, I think uh, I still need to learn about some of the some of the places where Monero can be used. So I've 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 got some learning to do, and and I don't think those resources are are published. Uh, you know, in a in a place that where you know they've ended up in front of me, uh, you know I, I I most of what I've learned about Monero, the 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 really cool stuff, I've learned on Monero Talk, you know. So uh, you know this this podcast has been wonderful. I mean, uh, you guys, I learned a lot from you guys, and and uh, you know I'm I'm so enthusiastic about it. And, you know I, you know I want you to put me to work. I mean this is. This is a, uh, you know, for someone who, you know, is liberty focused like I am, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I can think, see no, no more noble uh, effort to, you know, uh, to spend my time on. Uh, I, I really, you know, uh, really believe in, in what the privacy coin, the digital cash is trying to do now. Um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you need, it's like, it's like you go to Walmart, you go to Walmart and you, and you, you buy something, you don't like it, you want to 
you want your money back, then you, you know, no questions asked, you get your money back. I mean, you know, it's not a, it's, it's not a, you know, we're going to make you work for it. You're going to have to do a million things and, and, you know, and you're going to have to talk to customer support back and forth to use up, you know, like, you know, 10, 20 hours of your time by the time you're, you get it resolved. I mean, none of that. I mean, you go to Walmart and you tell them, hey, look, I need a refund. I made a mistake by this purchase. I don't want this anymore. You don't have to even give a reason. Okay. Well, we want your business, repeat business. So here's your refund. As long as you can prove you paid it, you got a receipt and all that. Yeah, yeah, as, long yeah. as, you're, as long as you're bringing, you know, you're, you're not, as long as you're not stealing from them, then you should just, you know, no questions asked. Just don't, don't give a, don't make so many obstacles for people to get, you know, a resolution on their money. And yeah. then, uh, well, I mean, it, people, it, it, it is in Walmart, right? It's a, it's a decentralized ecosystem, but it's inspiring to hear that you, that you're, that you're uh, so passionate about it, that this, the concept has taken hold of you to the point that you want to dedicate time to teaching other people about it, which is exactly what Alaska Aenon is saying we need to do. Let's, let's get Bick up here. Cause I think he wants to, Hey, yeah. Doug. Hey, hey, Prancing. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, let me just say some things about in, in general with, with CakePay. Um, number one, it's been a huge success. I mean, we're selling thousands of dollars a day of uh, MasterCards and Visas and all that. And by the way, I, I recommend everyone that's listening, I think the MasterCards one seemed to work better and more chance of adding it to your Apple Pay and Google Pay. Um, so it's 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 been good. You know, like I always say, when, when things work, Nobody's going online and, and posting a review. Hey, this is an amazing experience. You know, you're more apt to go on uh, and write a negative review or complain if something doesn't work, right? Which is just just normal, and that's fine. But but, Francine, I, I don't know your situation exactly because obviously um, I'm not checking each support ticket on a on a daily basis. Uh, we have a full support staff for that, but. Uh, but I think I'd like to just say also to the whole Monero community, you know, to get cake support, it's not Reddit, the Monero subreddit. It's not Monero town. I think people want, don't want to see support stuff or cake going on there all the time. If you are having problems with cake pay or cake wallet or anything, reach out to us directly. That's the best way to get help. Um, and, you know, we have people on 24 hours. But, you know, especially with case, the best way for them to reach out to you directly. And is, is it in the app yeah. itself these days? It is, right? There's a... Is the support? Yeah, there's an in-app chat, right? In, uh, in-app chat support uh, right in the app. So in Cake Wallet. So you can use that. So, but, you know, regarding Cake Pay, um, sometimes, yeah, it takes time because we have to, if there's a problem, which is rare. I think thousands of cards we sell a day, maybe we have a problem once a week at the most. Uh, so, you know, we have to go back to our provider and say, hey, this user had this problem or the card is not loading or they're not getting their email and then um you know that they investigate so yeah sometimes it does take 24 hours or so to get a resolution um but again friends and I, I don't know your situation uh but definitely reach out to support at cakewallet.com or or even our telegram group the te- cake wallet telegram group uh somebody will help you there so I, i'm sure it's something resolvable um but uh, so did, did yeah so Vic, I, I sent you an email at Vic at cakewallet.com and I forwarded the uh the email from your support team mm-hmm. that 
that that that sort of pointed me back to prepaid digital solutions, which mm-hmm. it's like all I get is this finger pointing. I, I'm doing most of this via email, so I've got okay. lots of threads of emails of people giving me canned answers that I, are I don't. back and forth. So maybe maybe we could take this offline, and I can yeah definitely more detail. Yeah. I don't want to like I say I I want Cake Wallet. To, and take pay to be successful. Uh, so you know, I, I, but I also want my 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 problem to be solved. And uh, and and I hope we can we can link up afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Let's not let's not bore everyone with that. But yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so basically, look look for one. Yeah, we're already emailing back. If you want to email me, and then I'll pass it on to them. Or you know, I I think like Vic said, jumping in the Telegram group, the cake. Yeah. Telegram group is probably the best way. And then you'll have a bunch yeah, of people yeah. there that will be ready to, to solve your problem. Oh, by the way, I lied. I am sharing my screen. Yeah, Vic, if you could uh, just post in the in the, in the the chat, of, you know, something about, you know, where to contact you directly. Uh, it, it, what's the easiest well, way? The, yeah, there con- Telegram link or what? Just how yeah, can I talk? Yeah, honestly, uh, contacting me directly is probably... I mean, I'd love to help you, but the support staff would have more information on each case that's going on. But yeah, I can you can you can contact me directly. It's no problem. Get to the bottom. Well, like I say, I've been multiple times with the support staff. They keep pointing them back and forth, and and uh, so I'm I'm in sort of this uh, you know this endless loop of sure, they're sure. just wanting to wash I'll, their hands of it, you know, kind of thing. I'll put it I'll put it in the in the private chat here, my Telegram. Okay. So I I just wanted to throw something out there about what I, I what I think is absolutely beautiful, which is you've got this. I mean, the, the this man is truly pioneering like on ramps and off ramps for everything Monero, and he's even getting in the trenches and running his own marketing campaigns and everything. And here, you know, like you said, you've got your one out of a few hundred case where something goes wrong and then of all of those where the support isn't going well and here he is because for one he's such an active participant in the community that he's listening to the Monero talk in which the grievance is being aired right but then another thing is you know I'll, I I can appreciate in fact I've I've heard from Tux just how much work has to be put into you know some of these bleeding edge payment processing like mechanisms and how much work goes into just trying to make them work, right? So, but on top of that, here we have a man who <clears throat> is passionate about the idea of a, a freedom-minded financial system. And this, this gentleman that has made it onto Monero Talk is precisely our target audience. And what we need to be paying attention to here is when he transitions from the, the, the payment processing that he's used to, to what it is that we do and has become second nature to a lot of us. What are we doing to make that transition as smooth as possible? And I would like to point out that what Vic is doing right now is exactly what I was suggesting a little bit ago, which is... You know, you have to be that ambassador. You have to really dig into, okay, what was this man's use case? Why did it fail as his use case? How do I make it better? 
And this isn't even, it sounds to me like it's actually the third party that might be at fault here. And yet he's still digging as deep as he possibly can to figure out what is. But that doesn't just have to be with examples like, you know, cake pay. Every little thing that we do. So, you know, we had talked about uh, the flyer situation, right? Where you, you know, people pass out flyers to make people aware of Monero. Okay, so if you pass out a flyer, are you following up to figure out, hey, did my flyer work? Did they understand the words that were on the flyer? Do they know who to contact to onboard themselves? Do they do they have somebody to talk to about the transition? Um, and I found that to be the case. Uh, I onboarded a guy at Costco one time uh, to Monero. And it, it, so he actually bought Monero for cash from me, allegedly, according to some possibly maybe, maybe not boating accident, whatever. Uh, so he, he got on board. And then I talked to him maybe a month later. And he was confused about why wallets sink. And what was it about, like, how come the amount of Monero that he bought changed? Things that we all understand, you know, the price of Monero and the price of the dollar don't always match up at the point that you bought it or what sinking a wallet is. And that was when I realized, like, there are so many things that we take for granted that we already know. And every single one of those things... It's just like, you know, you don't just get on a bike and learn to ride a bike. You kind of learn about what wheels do. You kind of learn about what the pedals are for. You learn about how to steer it. Like, um, And we do not want to become an echo chamber of Monero people talking to Monero people about Monero people. And then, like, just grinding our teeth when we look at people who don't understand how to get on board. Like, so my wife was into Monero for like six months, I think, before she even made a wallet. It was just like if something was bought or sold with Monero, I I did it, right? And she was just used to the idea. And then she was like, hey, I need to make a wallet and I need to put Monero on it so I can use Monero when you're not around. And it just dawned on me like, this is my wife and she doesn't even have a Monero wallet. Like, what am I doing, people? So... And I guarantee you all of us are that guilty that we that we are not actively following up with people who are interested or passionate about the technology to make them able to do what it is that we promised them they would be able to do. You know, and this is not so much a technological shortfall on the part of the developers. This is not some I mean, using cake wallet is like literally easier than using the banking apps that i use with like fiat fed note garbage uh, i'll shut up but i think you guys get it what uh you know Pr- prancing brought up a good point though right like so he's very excited about monero he wants to spread the ideas he's like i i want to do work for monero uh what what are some things we think he can do to to contribute and to help grow monero and grow grow adoption anybody anybody got ideas Francis, you mind telling conferences? Want to tell us where where you're from? Located at in a general sense, not to be. Yeah, I'm I'm from uh, Central Florida, and uh, I uh, I have a hey, prancing. Me too. Oh, that's me too. Great. That's I have great. A, a bent toward. Uh, I have a bent toward uh, Linux and uh, open source. I uh, I wouldn't consider myself a 
a dev or a developer, but I'm a user of uh, Debian Linux, and I don't use a Microsoft or Apple product in my home. Wow. Um, I use exclusively uh, Linux uh, of one variety or other. Uh, currently, I my favorite distribution is Debian, and um, and I would be willing to become a test uh, platform test participant for any uh, any app that is developed within the community that is bound toward Linux. I have I also have a um, uh, I have a cloud server of my own, on my personal cloud server, which is uh, run on Proxmox, uh, which is a KVM and also a, um, a uh, virtual container server, which I, I love using the, the, the VCs. And uh, so you could, I can you know, bring up a, a version of Linux really quickly and tear, bring it up, tear down, you know, great for a lab environment. And I, I, I could use that in uh, in a lot of my testing if there was uh, some tests I could do for the community. So for you, you techies out there. You might have a look at the Monero community IRC and Matrix channels because they have a lot of discussions about different community things. And that might uh, that might be interesting to you. Yeah, Matrix is good. Also, or you can just uh, look at shops and down there. So consider joining the XMR Bazaar uh, chat room. Uh, you could help once we launch with with testing things out there. I2P, go ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah, there is one great way to increase adoption in if it's in Florida. Just tell the dangers of CBDC in any gun shop, pawn shop, or any kind of local shop or in the prepper community. Just tell them the adoption of gold, bullets, and privacy coins. And they will jump by themselves. ITP's been pushing that narrative a lot, and uh, yeah, I agree. I think that that's a simple meme to spread. Yeah, I think that's actually much effective because there is already a political right now, uh, a contingent growing between anti-CBDC. So how do you counter and uh, uh, a proper CBDC implementation? You need like physical cash, gold. If you are in the United States, it's very important to have those guns and ammo, trading of guns and ammo, and as well as how do you replace? Like Floppy Pony used to say, if there is a system in online which we could use for privately transacting, that is Monero. So yeah, that's a good direction to go. Absolutely. Very good point. Yeah, we all oh, yeah. at conferences and we have that big poster, uh, what's his name, Schwab on it, and... Uh, it's you know it says they can kill cash but they can't kill Monero right like people people need yeah to I think yeah I think all Monero conferences should be like linked with the guns then uh, they will get like the idea that yeah there is a risk of wrench attack five dollar wrench attack but then when you have the real stuff then how do you counter that and yeah I think I will talk about the Zcash thing the thing which is happening in the samurai. Dev incident with set of privacy as well as Firo, Xano, as well as those other projects. Uh, the thing is, in the Zcash, uh, this one exchange only address. It's not an they have implemented in the protocol version. I think we should have give the correct information. Uh, Firo's case is different. I realized that when I put it out there, Luke. Uh, yeah. Me. But I don't really totally. Yeah, get that's 
it's a it's a yeah, wild... I think, yeah it just shows like uh, the uh, culture is compared to monero the culture of zcash as well as Firo, those are very weak. But uh, yeah, uh, in Firo's case, it's actually much worse. They implemented protocol level uh, exchange only addresses. But Zcash, it's still okay. Like they have like neutral stance, but their community member, one guy has implemented uh, this on wallet. Means uh, their idea is, uh, their roadmap is to depreciate the transparent address. But uh, while they remove those uh, orchard as well as those halo 2 licenses from bosl they changed the license to mit and then suddenly the the problem came so the, they thought that better to use the unified address scheme like stamped address uh, zero knowledge proof it's proper use of zero knowledge proof they will just make an exchange only address by wallet for developers themselves so yeah actually they shouldn't do that but still uh, yeah it's not that bad compared to Firo Swan but yeah, yeah. That's bad uh, and it still show that they're they're willing to to cater to yeah they are weak but uh, that's the thing instead of using the development workload of Firo that implementing protocol level changes or even the Zcash team implementing their resources to make sure that the wallet developers can do that it, compared to that if you just focus on taxes and p2p options the problem would solve itself like monero the problem would automatically solve itself so i think they need to wake up to that i think they are waking up to that but yeah it will take a slow the frog will boil slowly it will be a very tough process I but do. yeah if the Zcash community is looking to deprecate transparent addresses, how how then are they going to be allowed to uh, interface with these exchanges? Oh, there is a lot of misinformation. Like th there is a difference between deprecating transparent addresses as well as deprecating transparent addresses and transparent pools. So they till now do not have that much of a majority. Like there is a small minority contingent that even want to deprecate the entire then transparent pool as well as transparent addresses they would only want shielded addresses and shielded pools but uh, they just want to see the the functioning it's a, like a developer thing like uh, the zuko and the, the some of the developer have somehow implemented a culture like they care about consent users consent they actually want to get the data how many users they actually want to press the button like Tor, like how many users are actually want to use the privacy function. But I think it's actually compared to Monero, it's actually a bad strategy. Yeah, I think it's good if you want to stay in exchanges. But for the culture wise, the Monero's culture is much better because even if you like Monero's case, even if you get delisted, the price, there is no such effect. Like it's still 152 $152. It's like stable. It's basically a privacy stable coin. But yeah. Uh, and there is something other thing. The Dero thing is different. If you check their GitHub, once upon a time, Trevador made a uh, GitHub issue comment. Their security, they, they have some issues with the implementation of bulletproofs as well as 
partial homomorphic encryption, but that's not the issue. The other issue is uh, the implementation in such a way like uh, it was very weak implementation. Like if you check their GitHub, it's not that. But yeah, it's still better. It's something new. Like, uh, and I think their marketing is also very bad. They cannot properly describe their product well. Like you cannot have fully homomorphic encryption and you do not have successful zero-knowledge proof. It will never work. I2P. You need to have zero-knowledge proof. What, what does zero actually do? Does it provide for private smart contracts or not? Yeah, it provides uh, smart contracts, but for like payment, if you really want like censorship resistant underground, like high quality privacy, I think the full chain membership proof of Monero, that model, as well as Halo 2, those are the only option right now. Or maybe if Neptune Cash, this one yeah, comes I up mean, with it. I, I just don't know what I bought. I bought in, I, I thought it would be the private Ethereum and all that uh, narrative. Yeah, it's so still I don't better. Know what it's, anything is better than surveillance coin. But it's still weaker. Like okay. it's not that. Yeah, I just wanted to and answer BH. Uh, and, and so BH had mentioned yeah, this. Uh, best everyone should know that there is a pre-mine, uh, because they have to develop somehow their project. Uh, so yeah, and the samurai dev thing is another different thing. So what set of privacy said about the use of taproot addresses for coin join that's actually better advice but uh, yeah there is an issue like samurai devs they want to somehow because they made a bad pledge they don't want to touch other coins but they still somehow made sure that their uh, uh, followers that they, they can tell their followers that they are only touching the toxic change and exchanging it with Monero. But it's not a proper Monero wallet. But the thing actually happening is more different. Like they do not like like taproot addresses, which actually brings little bit of privacy. It's actually not that great, but still it's little bit better compared to normal addresses, segwit addresses. But yeah, whatever the suggestion like uh, said, of privacy has given is actually better for them but there is also a downside like if you want to properly implement coin joins even in like whether it's samurai wallet or wasabi wallet or even cash fusion of bitcoin cash you need confidential transaction otherwise it will not work because you have the toxic change you have the issue with the nodes getting because you do not even have dandelion plus plus it's a lot of issue so that uh, yeah the most important thing is the culture is not there because if there is an active privacy culture they would have implemented confidential transaction long ago so yeah you need to have that culture also yeah so i wanted to throw out there we had a person in B a bh on the chat was asking about uh donating to escuela bitcoin for monero nodo um even though there's not a kuno up right now both Doug and Escuela have posted wallet addresses. And uh, I believe if you send uh, a payment from cake to cake, can't you attach a message to it? I've never actually tried, but I think you can. Um, but there, okay. But basically you could, uh, you could either reach out to Doug directly and he could allocate, uh, you know, whatever donation toward such a thing. 
until maybe there is a Kuno. But that's not a bad idea. It'd be really cool to have a Nodo in South America so they'd have their own node and they could use Light Wallets privately. Um, that's an interesting message there. In fact, if it comes to pass, you should let me know. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, BH, if you want to email me, monerotopia at protonmail.com um, to, help, to help get a Squilla Bitcoin, a Nodo, would, yeah. I'd love to help you out with that, obviously. That'd be fantastic. Uh, we got Alex and Narco on. How's it going, man? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. How you doing? Excellent. Doing great. Yeah, I've been uh, cooking on some stuff, and I would like to share it with you, if I can. Please, please do. Stage is all yours. All right. So I will try to share my entire screen, and hopefully this works. No, that's not the right one. Um, yeah, I've been coding on my personal website quite a bit, and I'm just going to share my screen here. All right. Um, so beautiful. I cannot uh, move this away, so I have to go like this, move this over. Yeah, so I've been uh, working on my personal website. Wait, right now, I'm um, black right now. I'm only seeing black right now. Oh, no, that's uh, not good. So... I'm sorry. I switched my desktop environment from <laughs> X11 to Wayland. And um, yeah, for the Linux folks, this may mean something. Can you see this? Can you see my screen yeah. now? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so I've been working on my personal website. Uh, for those of you that recognize my name, I've been around in the com uh, Monero community and I got inspired through Monero to learn to code. So I'm really excited now that I have a website that also has a Monero integration. Basically, I do a podcast where I discuss um, ideas like crypto, um, crypto anarchy or anarcho-capitalism. Um, I started my podcast in German and I read through these books like The Ethics of Liberty by Rothbard or Anatomy of the State by Rothbard or What Has Government Done to Our Money and uh, then also a book by Ayn Rand. And those were episodes in German. They are now two, three years old. And I restarted doing my podcast, but now my focus has shifted and I'm much more into the cypherpunk ethos of uh, building the anarchy we want to see in the world and then just opting into it. So, um, yeah, I started doing episodes again. And this is my latest episode um, where I just have my first episode in English, actually. So that's also the uh, thing I want to announce. If you are looking for some more content in the cypherpunk niche, then um, maybe give my podcast a check out. The website is alexanarco.live. And uh, yeah, for each episode. I, I, love, I love that you jumped on today because I, I was trying to, I was going to reach out to you, tell you to come on and be a special guest because I did see this announcement that you're now doing the podcast in English. Yeah. Uh, I will definitely be a listener. Very nice. cool. Guys, check it out. And I think I know what you're about to announce next, which I thought was super cool. Go ahead and tell everybody what, what, you're, what you're doing and how you integrated Monero. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so first, I also I'm just I'm so happy about all the technology that I get to use. I also have slides for each episode. So these are show notes that you can watch while going uh, through the podcast with me. Sometimes I also have links there. Um, and... This is so cool. I'm doing all of this with like Emacs. This, it's a markdown file where I can generate this presentation and 
just have it as an HTML file and then put it in my on my server. So super cool. And the coolest thing for the Monero folks is how these uh, how the funding model works. So oh, locked episodes. It's plural. Right now, I don't have any new episodes, but if I do, they are uh, coming out first with a funding goal. So um, this is how it works. I release my episode with a funding goal, let's say like five euro in Monero. That was the uh, the price of the last one because I didn't put much effort into it, but basically some amount. And then it's there for the community with a sub address. People can donate if they wish to um, help to unlock the episode. And once the funding goal is reached, you know, there is a Monero wallet RPC on the server, just checking the the addresses and then there's some logic so if the amount is if the paid amount is above the funding goal the episode is marked as unlocked and then will just automatically be released on the website and in the rss feed right now um you can't see this because i don't have any locked episodes but then there's like a card here oh, with a qr code cool. or progress bar and yeah and this whole thing for uh other people to do this to kind of learn from what you're doing here like other podcasters that may want to uh follow you here follow yeah so this is a a little bit ways into the future but i think this right here is what it's all about being able to use technology open source technology that is available on the internet and like engineering it all together for something that is useful to you and i will definitely give like a walkthrough about my website I'm using uh, T3 stack in the um, as my framework. So T3 stack is using uh, TypeScript, Next.js, um, React.js, Tailwind CSS. It's a really cool framework to build uh, websites fast and just the ability to have a Monero integration and then sell any kind of, especially digital product, like a podcast episode, an MP3 file, this is, it's like, it's perfect for the internet. You know, you get a digital product, you pay with digital cash, and uh, it's just a, a thing of beauty. And also, like, the episode unlocks once and is out there. Like, I don't believe in intellectual property. I don't want to enforce copyright. So I think it's just this value for value economy um, that's also, like, in the podcasting 2.0 space, but basically where, you know, the listener gives back to the uh, content producer and you kind of skip the need for advertisement where the um yeah the listener really turns into the product and is now targeted by the advertisers instead of being the customer of the uh, podcast i just want want to interject real quick that hey doug this is literally exactly what i was trying to tell you to do about xmr bizarre i was thinking where there yeah, it's where you launch the source code and the 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 final round of beta testing. You launch them simultaneously when a certain goal is reached. It's and this guy has a, like a perfect working example of exactly that. And I can't tell you how fucking happy that makes me for somebody to actually show what I was talking about. And, and this use case for for podcasts it makes so much sense for all the reasons you're talking about. Uh, 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 Alex, um, so yeah, the the user is no longer the customer. You get you get paid, but it's not that everybody has to pay. It's just the initial unlocking, which gives them access once once the episode is kickstarted, right? Once enough people have chipped in, yeah, that is really cool. Also, if you think about the incentives, it's also like 
I cannot relax on my royalties and say, oh yeah, three years ago I made these great podcast episodes and I'm still earning money for it. No, I have to like constantly keep producing stuff and hopefully if my audience grows, I will be able to um, like demand more and more funding goals and hopefully yeah if the community grows it's not much that much for the individual listener like if you chip in a dollar here and there that's totally fine and that's exactly what i'm um, hoping for and the content is out there so you're able to reach the maximum amount of people as well it's not like you have a payment wall and um, like a barrier to entry for newcomers so i really think This is like, um, and this is not my idea. I got this uh, from Stefan Molyneux like 10 years ago when he was talking about copyright and how it's really a, um, an issue of the business model with these intellectual property um, things, quote unquote, that the musician, the author, the podcaster, they need to find a better model to monetize themselves and Like having this lazy excuse of the state enforcing copyright is really not the answer to the solution. So um, he gave this example of uh, J.K. Rowling, like writing the first two Harry Potter books, getting an audience, and then with each book being able to demand more and like still being very wealthy and living a nice life. But um, yeah, just the, the can way, I just add? Can I add one more thing? And that is. The stretch goal, which for podcasts, maybe not so much, but stretch goal. What I mean by that is um, it's a, a perfect example at, at Monero Tovia, we plan on doing this. But if we can unlock this stretch goal, we will do this. Um, so, for example, like we want to have uh, a, a vendor selling this stuff, but we're going to have to buy the product in advance. So this stretch goal funds purchasing the product so we can sell it for Monero at Monerotopia or so, so stretch goals work absolutely hand in glove with this business model and it's particularly useful for people with way too many big ideas like Doug Alex um I'm curious what Ayn Rand book uh books do you like because I just read recently Atlas Shrugged and really really enjoyed it Yeah, I, I mean, I'm. I love all of them. I'm also listening right now to the audiobook of Atlas Shrugged for the second time. I read it like 10 years ago, and it really deeply influenced me. So here, I read the um, the virtue, or I think the English title is the virtue of selfishness, maybe. Um, and yeah, I just love all of her work. And I really have to say now that I listen to Atlas Shrugged again. It's ominous how well she predicted the downfall. Like I live in Germany and the train system is really not that great. And there is like just uh, today I went into the city of Frankfurt and the train uh, took like 40 minutes to arrive. And it was super stuffed like you were standing um, back to back with your neighbor. And this is exactly what Ayn Rand is also describing in Atlas Shrugged. And... This will be um, also a topic of a future episode. I think the analogy between, and I kind of spoiled the um, the book here a little bit, so close your ears if you don't want to hear it. The analogy between Gold's Gulch, so the place where the prime movers, the industrialists, the capitalists all flee to from the grasps of the looters and moochers, as they are called in the book. And this is, it's kind of like the, Lunar punk ethos, I think. 
you know, they hide in a valley in uh, Colorado, in the mountains. They have like a, um, um, like a mirage projected with refractor beams um, on the mountain. So it looks like there is no valley there at all. And this to me seems like so much like cryptography that we have this mist of cryptography that allows us to shield uh, what's actually going on and um, yeah, allows us to live in privacy and be sovereign individuals and all that kind of stuff. Awesome, man. Love what you're doing. I love that uh, you're putting your content out there in English now too. So we all get to, uh, the, uh, us English speakers get to enjoy it as well. Yes. Lex, Lex and Arco, I wanted to be on the meetup, but I couldn't because I should work. Also, oh, ich konnte nicht. <laughs> okay, so that brings me perfectly to my next topic. So um, there was a meetup in Frankfurt, Germany last November, and um, there will be another one this February on the 28th um, at six o'clock again. The right. website for more information is moneroof.info. And um, yeah. We have a simple X chat group that's, I think, the best place for people to come when they plan on attending. And we will also be able to stay in touch. And we don't have to use meetup.com, which is not that great. And also, you have to pay for it to host meetups and stuff. Why don't you do it on the weekend? What uh, day of the week is that? Uh, it's again a Thursday. Oh, man. And I do it. Um, so I assume you can live far away from Frankfurt. Uh, no, it's Gießen. So it's uh, just that I work and it's, it's, yeah. Alex, so I get Alex, how many people you get to show up to these, uh, Monero meetups? So the last time we had like, um, 20 some people, I want to say. So I was really surprised and some really came from far places, like a three hour drive in one direction. So <laughs> maybe this is, uh, persuading you. Uh, I don't know who was talking just now to, to come. Um, Yeah. But yeah, some 20 something people showed up and it was really cool. Like I had these posters that are kind of dated, unfortunately, like they still say something about Kofi on here, but I was able to um, pawn off some of my MoneroCon merchandise and I gave a talk that I also have a video up on this website, moneroof.info. Um, and yeah, Vic from Cake Wallet was kind enough to sponsor a giveaway. I was onboarding like oh, new nice. people on the meetup. And it was just a great experience, especially since we don't have that much uh, content like this in Germany. Alex, I can't see your screen uh, because of my, my low vision. What is your domain name? I'm very interested to look at your website. What is your so domain? The domain for the meetup is moneroof.info so, or moneroof, moneroof. I can also post it here in the um, chat if you want to. And for my personal website, it's alexanarco.life with a V. Ah, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. And again, I'm super excited about uh, technologies where we use, for example, the library um, Monero TypeScript. This is a, yeah, a TypeScript library. That's not the right domain. Anyway, um, that's a TypeScript library that you can use to, yeah, control a Monero wallet in TypeScript code, do some integrations with it. And I really have to say it is not that hard to code your own payment gateway like I did here. Um, so I also proposed a talk about this on the next MoneroCon, like giving a workshop with Monero TypeScript for web developers who are interested. 
And this is really powerful stuff because imagine about all of the use cases that you can implement with this. And um, yeah. Amazing, man. Thank you for jumping on today. Yeah. And for like, uh, maybe yeah, as, a, nice. as a final word, when I, like, I remember this so clearly. I was super interested in Monero and the ethos behind it. And I really wanted to start learning to code, but it always seemed so daunting to me. Like, you know, you see these brains um, that are just super com competent and highly versed in like seemingly everything. But then I listened to one of the episodes of the Monero talk where there was some guy who said he also learned to code himself and programmed like some exchange thingy in Python. And it is really doable. Like if you're motivated enough, this is really something you can learn and don't be afraid or put off by yeah, the seeming complexity. You will never learn all of programming, but you don't have to. Like if you want to program with Monero, you don't have to learn C++ or like a highly complex language. You can do it with Python, with, uh, with JavaScript, with TypeScript. And these are much more human readable uh, languages. Like sometimes I look at the code now and it reads like plain English, you know, and it's just a matter of practicing and it's well worth it because you become so powerful. It's like it's wielding magic, especially when you're experimenting with internet money. Like it's so crazy. You're just your own payment gateway. You don't need to have permission by anybody. It's Which by the way, you're reminding me, we were talking about it last week, trying to get uh, implement tipping into the chat over here. Mm -hmm. uh, Veneratopia, we got we got to work on that. I know uh, shortwave surfer. I think you were talking about it in the private in the um, XMR Bazaar chat or somewhere, right? Uh, ideas on how we can get that moving. We got to get that going on 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 the show, so where people viewers can comment and tip with Monero natively. That would that would be awesome. Yeah, f funnily enough, um, sorry to hog the mic, but uh, I've proposed the tip XMR like years ago now and yes. we still haven't completed it this would be exactly the use case for it mm -hmm. if you uh, don't want to wait so much you can do it much simpler by hosting your own um, monero rp uh, wallet rpc mm -hmm. this is like um, you just have to have a monero wallet rpc and i believe uh, hundehausen uh, you may recall his name yes has... to be on next week he's going to be doing our dev report next week. ah perfect so he has coded some very simple, um, very light service that does exactly this with just um, some uh, JavaScript, a puck template, and then a Monero wallet RPC. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Right. So we'll get that. Uh, enjoy the show. And uh, thank you so much for everything you're doing. I think the consistency you bring to the table, Doug, is really something to be admired. Like being thank that you, consistent takes a lot of effort. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, and you know you're always you're always welcome to jump on anytime. And once again, uh, I encourage people to check out Alex Anarco. Definitely now that he's uh, putting content out there in English. Do you want to you want to just uh, put it out there again where people can find the podcast? Yeah. So use a podcasting app other than Spotify. Just the RSS reader with audio. Basically, uh, I use on Android at Antenna Pod Pro. I think it's called. It's also free. And then uh, my website is alexanarco.live. You can find a button to subscribe to the RSS feed or the RSS feed is also alexanarco.live forward slash feed forward slash RSS. And then if you want to go to the Monero Offenbach um, meetup, moneroof.info. 
Yeah, people who are listening around the world too, uh, consider throwing a Monero meetup where you live. We could we could try to help you out a little bit here. You know, let it, let us know if you're looking to throw a meetup. Uh, we need to be doing more of these globally. Prancing, maybe that's something you want to do. Maybe you, maybe you want to host a Monero meetup. Well, I don't I don't think I'm qualified, but I uh, I, I would attend one if we had one. Yeah, yeah. You can, or, you, know, you can host a Monero meetup for all the retired people. <laughs> absolutely. I2P sounds like he, he might be uh, the, the, the uh, knowledge in the background, hopefully. To, to, maybe he could train me. Well, I would, like to, yeah. to show, I would like to show my project. Just show it. Yes. Can you do um, it? Can I click on present here and then? Present, yep. Uh, yep, you just do present and then what you want to share. Did it work? Uh, what? I don't know. Does he have the permission? Entire screen, right? Entire screen. Yeah, you could do that approach. That should work. I'm not sure if he has to be granted permission. No, here it is. Yep. Oh shit! I accidentally removed you. There it is. There's just that's your screen. Okay. Do you see that? Yep. We see it. So yeah. So that's the GitHub account. Uh, Slave minus Walker, and um, like this is the minimalistic um networking routing protocol to make direct ip calls and it took about like i don't know um since it started like um like four years ago i wanted to definitely make uh, encrypted phone calls just like that without uh smartphones without anything and i was in berlin uh having a networking course and I called my wife uh, over the landline and it cost 40 euros. Uh, ironically, uh, my cousin um, in the past, uh, that was the Deutsche Demokratische Republik. And when my mother called him like 60 years ago, um, not 60, like um, when the DDR was, um, he went to a payphone and he called her back saying, don't call me because they're listening and all that. And and on that same house where he was called and had this conflict of, uh, yeah. So I um, called my wife in Bulgaria and she used a, a soft phone. This uh, is Zip. It's been around for 30 or 40 years. So it's just uh, VoIP in OpenVPN. And it has twice the Dunbar number. So you have 255 people. Uh, can talk to you like you are the server for 255 people. Do you see my mouse? Mm -hmm. So this yep. is the server. Why this is one of the things? tunnels. This is your server tunnel. And then Linux has this property that it has the default network namespace. And these are the custom network namespaces. So each one has a tunnel of themselves. So you are, you can have 255 open VPN clients. And this is the classical phone. Um, it uses no PBX, and the last Sunday, uh, I put the, um, the ironic, funny remark that it is 1984. Um, there, there was a South Sea bubble in nine in 1720 at the sixth of January. There was something about the South Sea bubble, and so what happens is that everyone uses the same private uh, IP. Uh, address and it's completely irrelevant and there are no collisions because if if you don't use always the same one then there is a range and uh, then it won't won't work but now it does and this took like um like 
three months to do and I only do it at weekends. And so I just wanted to, to show that I don't want to hog the mic and all that, but uh, it works. It's for COI and I put the bounty out also for that. My memes, I know that's 0.1 for who makes a more minimal uh, routing protocol in Linux that allows for direct IP calls because this runs on your Raspberry. You have to be knowledgeable about the CLI and, um, but it's, um, it works and it's great. Let, let me just check if it, uh, perhaps I can, but no, my mother turned uh, her off in Portugal. She's always wants to, uh, not waste energy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, very cool, man. So uh, just so if you can yeah, just kind of uh, summarize, like what's the, so people would use this instead of traditional encrypted chat means? So it's like, there is no SDK, there is no smartphone, there is no uh, API, there is like uh, just a Ubuntu server running on, um, there is no um, other software, it's completely uh, minimal. There is nothing, you see the packets coming in, it's peer-to-peer, -peer, so uh, if you do not forward the ports on your router, you do need a VPS, and that's very interesting because um, we should have open um, out of band connections of Monero nodes. Like we have I2P, we have Tor, we have ClearNet, and we have we should have more and more and uh, distribute blocks over uh, websites or whatever, be really resilient. So this works for phones, but it could also work for nodes. Like to, you have your uh, Monero node though, and I think that's a great name because it's no do also, and you don't, need to do anything probably just plug it in right Doug and that's yes, great exactly. um yeah so out of band uh Monero um full node communication is important very Thank cool for uh, letting me show that that uh people are out there working on these things uh yeah you're welcome to you know. yeah voice over IP is very cool and yeah I think we have to check out for the network level privacy also like the tor project they are doing that arctic of like a rust based tor client i think i2p also should do the, their rust client they should focus on those i think some other one other project i think it's popping up with their rust client so yeah it's actually we have to take care of that the problem which happened in the uh, surface internet the problem with mobile towers and everything the mess which came from that i think we have to rectify that then only we will have a good amount of network level privacy so yeah voice over ip is actually a good thing uh, it's not applicable everywhere but still it's a, a it's still a good thing. and yeah simplex like if you are going to a conference using monero and communicating with simplex chat or even session it's still better bh is asking doug have you ever thought of presenting to a college computer science group about monero could be a way to spread xmr and recruit more developers uh it's a great idea it's a fantastic I'm idea if you want to put it on screen there, Doug, I'm sharing my screen with the uh, the bounty I mentioned earlier, the QR code that you can donate to that if you wish. Okay, you just want to explain to everybody again what this is donating for, for what the what the what the cause is here. Yeah, so basically, uh, Mona Rujo, the Android the Android uh, Monero app, does not support properly support IPv6, and IPv6 is the future of the internet. Um, as much as you might like it or hate it, 
it is the future of the internet and it needs to be supported. What happens is it will it will connect to the node. It will get like the block height and everything like that. But you can't load your wallet with it. So like it'll try to load and then it will just fail and kick you back to the um, kick you back to the receive screen. So anybody with anybody either who doesn't not have IPv4 um, or can't use an IPv4 node won't be able to access uh, nodes with Monarujo until IPv6 support is enabled. Mm. Anybody that wants to donate to that, there, there's the QR code. Very cool, man. Um, thanks for spreading the word on that. You can, you know, continue to put the word out. How far are you off from the bounty? Um, I've contributed zero point one uh, Monero to it. Um, it's not a, it's not like a closed bounty or anything. It's, okay. it's not for me. It's, it's going to be for somebody just to code it. So anybody who, right. if you don't want to, yeah, if you don't want to, if you don't want to, like donate to it and you can pick it up then go right ahead and pick it up and put a pr out on github and get it merged and uh then it'll be yours but it's got 0.1 monero right now um at least the last time i checked and i put that up and i'll put more up too until it gets done oh so, nice any any other like important bounties that are sitting out there that haven't been uh have been claimed any like what happened to the nostril client the nostril client thing a Monero's Nostro client. Um, it, there's still a bounty up for it. I saw that too. Might I suggest that there should be a bounty for uh, possibly like guest expenses for uh, like notable guests, the expenses of getting them to Monerotopia. Like right. uh, what was like what was his name that wanted like money to get him to Monerotopia? Was that uh, Peter Todd or was that somebody else? Yeah, Peter Todd. Yeah, yeah. We had we had no. It was, it was was it Phil Zimmerman? It was somebody like that. Yeah, it was Zimmerman as well. Yep, we paid him as well. I mean, everybody, you know, a lot of a lot of people we reimburse, you know, for for travel, but some uh, some wanted more. Peter Todd, and Peter Todd made me pay him in in uh, uh, lightning, lightning, <laughs> which was uh, a funny experience. One of the best anti-lightning marketing strategies ever is to ask people to pay you in it. It really backfired, especially when. The lightning uh, address he sent me expired, and he had to resend it. Yeah, um, should have recorded it. It would have been a meme, a good meme. All right, guys, we are we are approaching three hours. We are at, are at three hours. I see viewers are starting to dwindle at this point. This was, uh, you know, another another amazing show, another marathon. Some uh, amazing guests today, amazing surprise guests. I'm gonna close it out here, unless anybody has any last things they want to put out there. Anything, anything. Going once, going twice. All right, we'll, we'll, call it, we'll call it here. Tony, I don't know if you want to... Is Tony still here? Did we lose Tony? No, no. Just, just, just uh, I wanted to tell a joke. Like, whenever there is something, like, epic happening in Monero or some somebody t says something great, like, uh, just for fun, you should say the block height. So it's, like, recorded. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if we could get block height integrated into like the the um the screen you know when your screen is locked on a graphene phone if you like make the clock pop up somebody should write in like setting an approximate block height for Monero underneath the clock all right well we'll end it we'll end it on that um Thank you so much everybody we do these shows every week Saturday at 11 a.m eastern. As everybody should know by now, uh, the show's open to all that want to participate. As always, to keep it digital cash, Liberty Tech related. If you ever want to be a special guest, reach out to us, Monerotopia at protonmail.com. 
Otherwise, you can just jump up on the viewers on stage. All right, guys. Have a good one. Ciao. Thank you for joining us on this week's Mineratopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Mineratopia Telegram group. See you all next week.